Hello, Chomp Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp, and a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will reminisce on the good old days where you would actually have to explore a game because there weren't YouTube videos and websites passing out heaps of information on how to beat a game. As you tell others of your experiences with gaming when you were a child, your grandkid brings you another Metamucil protein shake for your brittle bones. You sit atop your special chair for comfort for your replaced hip. A tattered poster of Cloud Strife with his stats sits above your TV center along with your amiibos, your PS2, a bunch of video game strategy guides, and a statue of a Dovahkin. If this is your first time being here, I want to say a big welcome and thank you for checking out the show. It feels so good when we have new ears on the show. If you haven't already and you want to get more content from us, if you could hit the subscribe button, that would help us out as we continue to get the Sword Chomp name out there. For this week's topic, we decided to talk about nostalgia yet again as we discuss a hypothetical situation. If we had access to technology to erase our minds of the memories of playing a game just so we could experience it again for the first time, which game would we choose and how much money would we spend to have such an experience? Basically, we're doing a research project for a tech company that eventually figures out the technology to, the technology to build and create this. We are also going to be discussing some games as we talk, okay, whew, Mario Golf Super Rush, Monster Hunter Stories 2 Demo, Operation Tango, Phantom Abyss, Lego Builder's Journey, Trails, Trials, Trails? Trails, you got it. I knew it, I knew it, I was just testing you guys. Trails of Cold Steel 3, <laughs> Erica, and more Biomutant. God damn it, Shay, stop with the Biomutant. No, never. I will never stop. This is the Biomutant podcast. Should have a while ago. Gentlemen. I know. We also discuss our social media polls regarding River, the dog from Fallout, news about the Halo TV show, gaming addiction, accomplishment when 100%ing a video game, Bidoof Day in Pokemon Go, Smash Brothers costumes, and movie theaters. Last and certainly not least, we have a special guest this week. A lot to get to, so let's not waste any more time. First, I am joined by a man who would go to a flea market and see a rundown, shoddy arcade machine of Double Dragon. It's dirty, smeared with human feces, has an old hamburger wrapper underneath the glass, and the sides are covered by spray paint. The current owner is selling it for 100 US dollars, and this man would immediately buy it, no questions asked. We have the editor here, patching in straight from the Big Apple, Mr. Rich Meister. Rich, how are you doing, my dude? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I almost bought a Miss Pac-Man machi Pac machine in Boston once until someone informed me that I had no way to get it back to New York. Um, and probably nowhere to put it once at the, at the time, once we were done with, with that. Um, so yeah, I would buy that crappy Double Dragon machine, depending on the, the, the type of hamburger wrapper that was in there. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a Wendy's one, and how do I know it's out. human shit? How do I um, know it's human <laughs> shit? Because there are there are pieces of corn in there. 
and what dogs can't eat corn? I, I don't think it's very common for dogs to eat corn. But is it impossible? Let's just say that the the owner knows because it, the owner's the one who smeared the human feces on it. How about that? Just for it seems weird that he's <laughs> telling me about that up front. He's like, like I'm like, what's this? He goes, it's shit, human, by the way. <laughs> He's like, oh, I just smeared some shit on here. Like, oh, cool. I can knock five bucks off before you if you're uncomfortable about the shit. <laughs> I can knock five bucks off if you don't like corn. <laughs> no? Okay. Cool. The weekly usual me getting left alone to my own jokes. That's what I come here for. But Rich, how are you doing? How was your week? Uh, it was good. It was good. Took some time off work. I got some shit to take care of tomorrow, and, uh, I just wanted to sleep, honestly. Which I didn't. I was still up at, like, 8 o'clock in the fucking morning. But I'm in better spirits, uh, for- I shouldn't be yawning through the second half of the show, as per usual. Yeah. Right. That, that shit that you're gonna be taking care of, by the way, does that have anything to do with the, uh, Double Dragon arcade machine? No. No. This is not human shit. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Other animals, other species, if you will. Yeah. Listen, that's, that's my private that's business. Fair. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get into that. I thought that would be something you'd be willing to uh, divulge, but my sincere Not, apologies. No. It's, it's As I look shit. into the camera. <laughs> I wonder how, like, I should know this, but I wonder how big a whale shit is, actually. I would assume big. I know a whale's penis is bigger than a human's. Like, a blue whale, I should say. <laughs> or, uh, sorry, it's bigger than a human, not a human's. A human. It's probably, it's definitely bigger probably than a human's both. penis, though. <laughs> yeah, both, both, definitely fair. <laughs> Could you imagine if a whale's penis was smaller than a human's? How would they get anything done? Probably, uh, like, I don't know, it wouldn't be a huge weight on them, so they'd probably be really free to get a lot of shit done. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be more streamlined aerodynamic yeah in the water. I, I couldn't tell you how many times i'm trying to get something done during the day and i'm just over encumbered by my dick and i can't get through it imagine in skyrim if that was one of the things you could do you are over encumbered detach your penis and throw it into the wild oh great now someone's i can carry two more pounds on, of stuff someone's working on the mod now that was your million dollar idea and you just gave it away for free mm-hmm. if that was you know, if that was the thing I was known for, I probably would not want to live on this. He's earth the Skyrim anymore. penis guy mod. <laughs> I'm famous, mom. I'm famous, dad. But no, Rich, I'm really glad you're here. We're not here to talk about Skyrim penis mods. And unfortunately, we're not quite here to talk about Double Dragon. Maybe we are, maybe we aren't. I don't know. More on that later. But I'm glad you're here, Rich. We're also joined by a man who likes to sit on his front deck with a nice glass of scotch on the rocks in the dead heat of summer and a switch in his hand as he waits for a passerby. As he sees a few children walk by talking about games, he yells from his deck chair, Fortnite is for chumps. Talk to me when you've adorned yourself in the trenches of Overwatch. The kids laugh and say, (laughs) Okay, old man. He begins to get up as he mutters, Why I oughta? But then he sits back down to enjoy his spirit and indie game. The critic that everybody loves, and loves to hate, the firefighter as we call him around the podcast starting today, 
Calling in from Michigan, Mr. Josh Fowler. Josh, how many fires did you have to put out this week? Sorry? You, you cut out there. How many fires did you have to put out this week? Uh, how many fires did you have to put out this week? He heard you now. He's just thinking about I'm it. I'm counting. I'm counting. I know, I'm just fucking with him. I'm on to toes, so, uh... So, like, six? Uh, that sounds erotic. Wait, wait, wait. Is, 14, like, you, 15? Is that a fire you had to put out? Your, your burgeoning fetish for feet and toes? No. Someone called Nickelodeon Studios. No, I think... You I don't, guys are I, I think, really I think, fucking leaving me hanging this I week. Think, I think Tarantino ruined that really for anyone else who would ever possibly have that fetish. So it's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to associate myself. I thought my Dan Schneider follow-up gag was pretty good, Shay. <laughs> uh, you know, if I had known it was a gag, I would have laughed tremendously. Because you know mm. what? I know, I know what it's like to be left hanging. Especially this week. For fuck's sake. You guys are really leaving me hanging I don't know if week. you know this, but uh, you're podcasting from Japan. So we'll get the joke tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there could be some retroactive laughter here. Come on, guys. <laughs> it seemed disingenuous. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. The, Even the... if it's patronizing, I appreciate it. It's better than silence. <laughs> and the looks. Like, mm. here's the thing. The viewers can't, or the listeners can't see this because they, they can't view it. But seriously, I, I'm making jokes here, and everybody's face is fucking blank. And there's, it's silence. <laughs> You guys don't know it. Yeah. I'm fucking, God, like, again, it's brutal is, in here If right it was now. the video version, man again, discovers, we'd really be Man discovers up. internet lag. Story at 11. I'm sorry, guys. I can't help it that, you know, we don't 11 have for us or 11 for him? Yet <laughs> to make it seamless. We have laugh tracks. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh. I would love, I would love for us to get some laugh track, make our own laugh tracks, and it just be completely ridiculous. Yeah, just. I'm terrible. pretty sure my audio recorder. Yeah, I updated it today. I'm pretty sure the patch notes said they had sound effects in there. In there now. Let me let me look. Hopefully, I I need them. I need. I don't them know where week, they guys. are. If they do. Are killing me. You guys are fucking killing me this week. Don't worry, he'll he'll spruce it up for you. Yeah. Thank you. That's all I'm asking for. Some spruce, some conifers, some Douglas fir. I, I need it all. Mm -hmm. Trees. Yeah. I, you know what? I got a What's nod of approval from it was Josh, that and that's better than the rest of the way the show has been going. So I'm going to take it, and I'm going <laughs> to run with it. Before I, I dig myself into a deeper hole, let me introduce you guys to our special guest. And by the way, I'm Shay. I'm calling in from Japan. I'll go into my shit later. But I want to introduce you guys to the special guest. Um, he is a teacher, and he's also a video game blogger. He and Rich know each other as they used to write about gaming together. He is also big no, into wrong. old... You totally misunderstood that when I told you that. I, you know what? I asked for the intro. That's my fault. I, no, that's I my wrote fault. exactly what you told me. I'm just saying. I wrote exactly no, what no, you no. told me. You could have gotten him... To say anything you wanted here, Rich. You could have. And Listen, you let I'm, this opportunity anyways, pass we're gonna you go by. With it. I did. I made it worse. It's so funny. We we did uh 
we did work together at a shitty job. We worked at a gas station together for years where we were both writing about games while we sat there. Okay, well, you know, it's good to know that you won't just interrupt us, but you'll even interrupt your own guest. So it's good to know that you're a dick to everybody. But anyways, he's also big into old JRPGs like the rest of us old pieces of shit. And if Rich would be buying that double dragon cabinet from the flea market, I would like to imagine that this man would be right by Rich's side, trying to haggle the price down even further. Chomp Nation, please give a big welcome to Mr. Ray. Ray, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. And yeah, I'm really bad at that haggling thing, so I don't know how good I would be at that. Can you can you hear what I'm saying? Yes, this is on. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to uh, finally meet you guys. Rich has told me a lot about you, and I'm really glad to be here talking yeah, with you this week. You I mean, he yeah. just says horrible, horrible things about each and every one of you. That's what I do about everyone, though, so it's fine. He's a terrible person. Uh, yeah, see, like, here's the thing. I'm not surprised that Rich has said terrible things about us. Um, I'm just not. Not even a little, a least bit surprised, to be honest with you. I mean, you see the treatment here, Ray. See the treatment that I get when I try and make jokes for everybody, try and make people laugh. And Rich sits sure here so, with his... I'm sure someone at home is laughing. I hope so. I, if that one per For the listen, wrong reason. To any of the listeners there... If you are laughing at all during this intro because of me, please message me privately and let me know I'm not a crazy person. That these guys are just being big stinky jerks to me. No, but all, so how self conscious are you going to be now serious, when you get no messages about that? I'm not at all because I'll probably forget that I even asked this question in five minutes. <laughs> That's how my mind works. I'll forget Fair all enough. about that. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't focus too much on. The opinions of others. I mean, if I did, then I would not be doing a podcast. I've gotten a lot of shitty takes from some of our fans over the years, or former fans, or whatever. I've I've heard people yell at me like, "Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to Shay's opinion anymore because he doesn't like this game." And all right, man, whatever. I'm, that's why there are other people on this podcast, so you can listen to their opinions. So it's all good. But Ray, I have a question. Bad. What 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 if you were to choose your three JRPGs that influenced you most when you were younger, or three of them? You don't have to choose the three biggest ones, but three of them, um, just to give the listeners a li- a small way to get to know you. Um, what would three okay pivotal JRPGs be for you? Um, well, I'm old, and so. A lot of my JRPGs came about like I I feel like now whenever I listen to podcasts, like you hear people say like, Oh, my first console was the PS one and I'm like, No, that's the console I had when I was a teenager. So really <laughs> the JRPGs that like really influenced me a lot come from there. So I'd have to say probably uh the Sukoden series, um Lunar Silver Star Story Complete and hey. Pro- and uh Xenogears. Those are all very, very JRPG-esque. And, like, those aren't the ones that I feel are first thought of by the average person who thinks JRPG, but those, those are some classics. Oh, yeah. No, and I feel, I feel like Xenogears is, like, sadly orphaned as, you know, Xenosaga now just gets re-released on everything. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's a shame that like some of those JRPGs have kind of been relegated to just perpetual re-releases instead of getting more modern versions of them and whatnot. 
Like, or at least some of those classic JRPGs just kind of get forgotten altogether. I mean, Twitter every every month gets in a tizzy wanting a new Legend of Dragoon remake or remaster, and it seems like they're never yes, going to get I it. Yes, I see that all the so. time. Also, Chrono yeah. Cross, I see I, a lot of uh, crying for right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rightfully so. Those are some awesome games, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if the solution is to remaster some of those games or add a new edition, like a new sequel or I'm, a reimagining. I mean, some of them, you see, you see it sometimes. I mean, FF7 Remake is probably a great example of like doing it right, but at the same time maybe alienating some people because i didn't i didn't really i couldn't get into it i don't know if it's because it wasn't turn-based or just what it just really couldn't hook me like it did so many other people i think you know part of that is uh probably due to the the realism of the game as well because one of the things that was kind of magical i think about some of those older jrpgs was you kind of had to you had to use your imagination to fill some of that in All good. So you, I think one of the things about um, that is probably that the realism of that game. Um, one of the cool things about some of the old JRPGs is your mind kind of had to fill in the gap on some of that. Like you had to use your imagination because the artwork, while amazing and the graphics were stunning at the time, was nowhere near realism, right? And so you kind of had to fill in the gap there. But now games are approaching damn near close as close to real life as possible you know and i think that sometimes while that's amazing it also kind of takes away from the imagination and being transported into another universe or dimension so to speak i think that was kind of one of the cool things about one of the cool things about gaming is and was when graphics weren't so realistic that you had to you had to use your imagination and um, it's cool to see games in realism, and it also kind of takes away from the imagination to some degree, I think. I don't know if that is it for you or not, because um, I've, I've, I've felt that sometimes in some of the newer games, like I'm really enjoying them, but the realism of it is just kind of takes me out of things sometimes um, in terms of being engaged with it. I don't know. Uh, I think photorealism, like, it's not really a style in and of itself. I mean, it's sort of like a technological endgame. I mean, you look at something like an Uncharted and it looks damn near, like, almost photorealistic. But re realistically, I, like, I think that's why Nintendo does so well, because they have, a, they have a style to them. And even when they play around with it, people respond to it. And that's why they can get away with, oh, hey, the Switch is only 720p, you know. But people are still like, yeah, the games still look gorgeous. Yeah. No, you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. I think that is true because Uncharted 4, when I first played it, um, we're, we're, uh, Josh and I were absolutely blown away by that game in terms of uh, graphics and art direction and everything. It was fantastic. And it's, I, I believe it still is a fantastic game. And I think that makes sense for that style of game to be realistic. Um, Photorealistic, that is. Whereas if I'm playing something like a Final Fantasy 7, like, it's cool, but I don't need that photorealism. I, um, per se, and it's not bad, like, I'm not knocking that game at all. I'm just saying I don't need it personally. I'm still very pleased with the remake, but I, the photorealism wasn't as important to me as some of the other well, aspects yeah. of the game. 
Well, I mean, they also use style in that, like in that uh, integrated thing, that uh, Fort Condor minigame. Doesn't it look like old, like Final Fantasy sprites? Yeah, the the pieces in the board game are reminiscent of those uh, polygonal characters from the original series, which is, is something I liked a lot. Um, and, and like you said, yeah, they just kind of use style in a smart way because it's realism, but also like this like troped up anime realism. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's not again not photorealistic, but no, there's a certain level of fidelity that is definitely there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, oh, who knows? But yeah, I I would I definitely like to see some of those old JRPGs return in some way, shape, or form because some of those JRPGs I feel like they're just sitting there, not those IPs, and they're not getting much use, you know. But we'll see. That remains to be seen. But. Let's jump into today's topic. Um, we have a very fun, uh, low-key topic that's just going to be basically preying on all of our nostalgia at this point. Um, so I came up with this topic a few months ago, and we kind of have just been putting it on the back burner because we had other things kind of come up. But I've been really excited to do this topic because one of my favorite movies uh, growing up was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I, I, it still is one of my favorite movies to this day. I do a yearly watch of it when I'm feeling uh, lonely or depressed or sad. I should say sad. Depressed, kind of not the right word there. I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling melancholy. I, I do my yearly watch of this movie. And I always think about what would I do if I, if I had access to that technology? What would I delete out of my mind? What would I get rid of in my brain? And... <clears throat> Of course, with with the advent of social media in the past few years, uh, there are a lot of people like social media influencers and managers trying to throw all these hypotheticals at people to try and get them to engage with their page and content and whatnot. So there's all these hypothetical questions. And so I was thinking about this question um, as I was watching Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and I've seen it pop up in similar fashion on social media. So I figured what what better time to talk about it? Um, we kind of have a Nothing super, super heavy in the news happening right now with gaming and whatnot. So I think we're going to proceed with it. My, the question that I asked the guys here and um, our social media, which we'll talk about some of the comments later, is if there was one game that you could just erase from your mind, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind style, just get rid of it, all memory of it, ever having played it, ever having talked about it, thought about it, everything. Just wipe your memory of this game. Um, which game would you choose? And how much money would you spend to wipe this game from memory? Now, this it's a little bit difficult because if you have seen the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, part of the process of them wiping your memory also involves wiping literally anything that can possibly remind you of the thing you're trying to erase. And of course, a lot of games have sequels, prequels, remakes, remasters, all sorts of stuff. So for example, if I were to choose The Last of Us, which I'm not, I would have to erase The Last of Us 2. I'd have to erase all the DLC for that. I'd have to re erase the existence of the TV show that is being filmed right now, in my mind. Um, in order so to it's avoid... a wonderful life rules <laughs> yes for you for you guys yeah but um yeah i'd have to erase all of that just so i could have be able to experience the first one all over again so that is kind of like um 
<clears throat> not necessarily a rule, but a consideration into this question. And that's just me kind of specifying it for both you three here and the listeners as we play this hypothetical game, um, so to speak, the, the, the mindset that we're going to have going into this. So um, I'm actually going to take it first because um, I'm selfish, and then I'll throw it to Ray since he's our guest. Just so you guys can kind of get a picture, an idea of what I'm kind of thinking for us here. But you guys can take it in a direction that you want to as well. So I think this is no surprise to you guys. I would absolutely do the first Shining Force game. Um, I was very, very close to saying the original Final Fantasy VII. Because that game is one of my favorite games of all time. And uh, I've ha I have so many experiences of that game over the years. But... Shining Force, I've played that game so many fucking times at this point. I've, I've played and beaten it so many times because it's my favorite game of all time. It's my comfort food. Um, it is my, my muse. It is my god. I love that game. And I, I think about it every six months. I'm like, man, I should do another playthrough. I should do another run of that game. Absolutely love it. Um, I remember as a kid just playing it. Um, being so mesmerized with all the characters and the colors and the artwork and just the idea of using strategy in a game instead of it just being like go fast like Sonic or um, kill people that it was just like it was a ton of strategy and I could get as deep into it as I wanted to or it be as basic as I wanted to obviously being a kid I couldn't get that heavy into the strategy of stuff and it wasn't until I was older that I could figure out different ways of doing things like integrate my own permadeath runs, integrate my own like uh, limitations on who and what I use. And uh, yeah, it's it's just this game that's given me so much over the years that I absolutely would want to experience it again for the first time and experience that joy that I felt when I was, you know, six years old blowing on the cartridge even though you're not supposed to do that jamming it into the sega genesis because i'm impatient just fucking slamming it in there plugging in the little sega genesis janky ass controller and then sitting down in front of my cctv and just having fun on my little bunk bed when i was six years old man just some amazing memories there and i love to experience that game for the first time and i'm telling you right now if i were to set this up like had this mind-deleting technology and I had to pay for this in advance, I would probably... <laughs> this is going to really oust me here. I'd probably suck a lot of dicks to get a million dollars just so I could implement that technology. No, okay, I wouldn't go that far, but I'd go pretty damn close to being that far. I would, I would probably pay a million dollars even though I don't have anywhere near that kind of scratch, I would figure it out just so I could play that game again for the first time. So that's where I'm at. That's, that's the game I would choose. If you guys have no comments on that, I'll throw it to Ray. Uh, I don't think you guys have meant much to say about that probably, but, um, um, huh. I'm, I'm trying to think here. Okay. No, no, like I, I, I get that. Um, I'll let, I'll let Josh go. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious why you were playing this game on a security system. Yeah, the CCTV. I, heard I said CCTV, too. didn't I? <laughs> I didn't even process I that. You know, I, I didn't even process I, I said that, and then like five seconds later, I was like, why the fuck did I say that? I hope nobody catches me. <laughs> well, if we didn't, the comments would. It's better you get called out here 
mm-hmm. um, before yeah. like people are like messaging you on Instagram and calling you an asshole. And, well, let uh, me tell you guys, I was, I was a, all four of you are pretty stupid. No one noticed that. <laughs> no, I really didn't. I was a bad man when I was six years old. I was in and out mm-hmm. of the prison system. Stealing, uh, stealing and big somehow league working chew. the security booth for that. The pre-K to prison yeah. pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, I said I said that wrong. I was like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck!" Nobody catch me. Nobody catch me. But it's on the internet. You're gonna get caught. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I got caught before it even made it to the internet. But no, that's fair. That someone fair. will still pause this and send you a message. At least I got a laugh for a joke today, guys, and it wasn't mm-hmm. even an intentional joke. It was just me <laughs> well, being that's just a the joke. problem. It wasn't. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> it was. Well, it was. It was me being the joke. I. I, I am the joke. Super crazy. Someone Thumbs to. up. But yeah, I figured nobody. I, I figured nobody here would give me any like. Yeah, you're right. Shay, shining force, of course. So that's fair. I'll throw it to you, Ray. Ray, what? Right. What? <laughs> In this situation, what game and how much would you pay? I mean, I I don't even know. Like, I, I guess a million dollars sounds like right when it comes to like that's just a nice big round number. But also, when Rich told me the topic, I was thinking like also games I could play for the first time again. It's like almost like a lot of these things are time and place. Like, I feel like if I played some of these games for the first time as an adult, I don't know if I would feel the same way. Like, yeah, you know, know, like, for instance, I I wrote a quick list of games for one of the games that if I could play for the first time again, it's because it's the first game I ever bought with my own money working at a job. Mm. So, like, I was 15 years old working at McDonald's and the first game I ever bought with my own money is this not great PlayStation 1 tactics RPG called Vanguard Bandits. So, like, if I was able to recreate that feeling, that's what would mm. feel special to me. The fact that I was like, oh, I'm using my own money. I wasted yeah, my see, own money That's on a this. big thing I thought about <laughs> with this topic, too, is, like, that's part of the reason why I didn't go with Final Fantasy VII, is because the, the memory of the first time plugging it in wasn't memorable for me. Um... I remember my dad had bought me, uh, bought the family, mainly me, a PS1, and he borrowed Final Fantasy VII from one of his work buddies, and I remember looking at the cover, and a quick glance at it, I thought, because Cloud had this big sword, and looking at it from afar, I was like, is this a fucking helicopter game? And I don't know why my brain thought that when I was, you know, six, seven years old. But then I, I played it at first, and I wasn't really into it right away, but then I, it grew on me, and it really grew on me. and that game had so many magical moments as a child and having recently played final fantasy eight and finally beaten it. I mean, I played it when I was a child, but I played through it again recently and beat it with the remaster. There was not near as much magic as there was when I was a child, that game, final fantasy, it was so much more magical as a child that would I want to delete a game mm-hmm. like final fantasy seven that has more magic when you're younger and replay that now with my, you know, thirties sensibilities, my thirties, 30 plus years of experience on this earth no i don't think i would but shining force for me is like one of those games where it's not that immersive story wise that i'm not going to scoff at some of the more ridiculous stuff because it still works for me even to this day so i totally get where you're coming from that i mean that was a long-winded way of me saying i get your point yeah no and i was even thinking about the topic in the same sense i i think i told rich this like one of my favorite christmases ever as a kid was 1999 
because I got the two video games I wanted, which was Swakoden 2 and Final Fantasy 8. So, like, that Christmas in 1999 was pure magic for me. And then again, like, time and place thing. Persona 4 Golden came about at a time where I really wasn't playing RPGs anymore for a while. Like, because, you know, in the whole, like, beginning of the 360 era, Japan was kind of, like, behind with, like, console games. Yep. So I just really wasn't playing them. And then I heard that I heard about Persona before. I think I played the old whitewashed one on the PS1 way back when, but it didn't, didn't really like Mark. Like it. No, I didn't. I didn't like Mark, and I didn't like how they changed it to dollars. Um, no, but then I got a Vita and I got Persona 4 Golden, and then that sucked me right back into JRPGs, which I guess was kind of a perfect time because then Japan had finally caught up, either on the handheld front or, you know, finally now they're releasing all this stuff on PC, so it's a lot more accessible. Yeah, they started to stop fucking around and keep making terrible shooters. Yeah. They, th- listen, they were onto something. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, like, to think about shooters being, like, such a, a small tangent a, a really quickly. Shooters were such a big fucking thing, and it feels like they were just such a big fucking thing, like, two years ago. But that was, that was like, 14 years ago, guys. Mm-hmm. You guys well, want to have fi- a land Figure party? what Halo really made, like, console shooters, like marketable before that it was really just like a pc game you didn't love the dreamcast version of quake well no because i wasn't one of those people who had like a cable modem hooked up and like a keyboard yeah yeah which is like borderline cheating right (laughs) no personas personas a really good choice i think because i think there's an there would be enough wonder there for younger people younger ray and because I know you so well, and yes. um, <laughs> and a more more adult version or a, an older version of you or an older version of somebody. I think there's, I think that's one of those games that there's a lot there for everybody, and you kind of realize the ridiculousness going in to those kind of games. So I think that would be a great choice. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of just like like my list was just a bunch of like PS One games and then Super Mario Three. Because again, I'm old and I played it when it came out. <laughs> God, Mario Three, such still a good, game. good pick. I would go with World over Three, but otherwise, I agree with you. Yeah, I was unfortunate where I was one of those kids that when the Super Nintendo came out, my parents are like, "What do you need a Super Nintendo for? You have a regular Nintendo and you have all these games." Mm-hmm. Like, Mom, it's, it's like saying, super. "What do we need a Superman for? We have a regular man." <laughs> Yes, perfect analogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Or you could, do, or you could do that with Spider Man. Why do you need a Spider Man? <laughs> this is. I want to release the action figure for just man, man. <laughs> it's just a guy in a suit with a. I'm pretty dance. sure there's an Instagram account that makes up fake toys. I'm pretty sure they've done that. <laughs> they've probably just done man. Yeah, man. yeah. I, I would mean, hope so. I remember. There's a store near where Rich and I live called Utopia, and they sometimes sell like. Is weird Utopia action still figures. there? Yeah, it's still there, and they would just sometimes sell weird action figures. Like you were just able to buy an action figure of Sigmund Freud, or just like an albino huh. bowler. So That's yeah, so maybe that was weird. a real thing. Gonna look for the man action figure right now. Man, it's just stretch Armstrong, but he doesn't stretch. Yeah. I just, just, just Armstrong. Well, that is the thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, from Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's impressive in his own way. 
Or or uh from Green Day, I guess. Billy Joel Armstrong. I'm stretch I'm so. stretching for that one. It's a little bit of a uh, you, you, you can't stretch. <laughs> yeah! You can't stretch. That's the whole thing. Otherwise it's stretch Armstrong. Why is one of the first results in Edgar Allan Poe Funko Pop? <laughs> you know, that's that's about the only Funko Pop that I think actually works. With with those dead black eyes. Yeah, I was gonna say or a Mary Shelley one would work mm-hmm. in the same regard. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. It seems like a yeah, missed opportunity. They should have gone exclusively into horror. This figures. is the only Funko Pop I'll excuse as, as Batman opposed to, Beyond because the eyes are fine. As, in, as oh, opposed yeah. to the unintentional horror ones that they make currently. Yeah, as, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> it's like they should have just stuck to horror instead of everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where the money well, is. Yeah. Back to the topic. <laughs> Persona 4 from Ray. Shining Force from me. Rich, I'm going to throw it to you next. Sure. Um, so that is similar. Okay, line- Josh, I'm going to throw it to you next. I'm just kidding. Wow, you got me good. You got me good, fucker. Uh, so I had a similar line of thought oh. uh, to you guys in terms of uh, like thinking more about old games and kind of it, it missing a beat almost. like uh, hmm. Kind of like what Ray was saying, where like those games are probably more time and place, but if I played them with today's sensibilities, I might not have the same appreciation. And... Um, Yes, my, with your re- reviewer pants on, you would like Yes, with my much. big reviewer pants on. Um, so actually, what I ended up going with for my, my top pick, um, and for the money aspect of it, uh, it's weird. I, I guess a million dollars makes sense. I was chucking it in more like a fi- five grand situation. Like, mm-hmm. why is this procedure so expensive? <laughs> yeah. It, if anything, because they're, they be- they're playing with your brain without killing you. Yeah, they should be paying me. If they're testing it on you, fine. But let's assume yeah, that's it's, a mature, te- okay. it's a mature technology. All right. That's it's a fair. consumer product. Okay. Um, but uh, what I ended up going with is actually definitely, yeah, the most recent thing so far that was mentioned. Uh, I think it's Breath of the Wild for me. Because mm-hmm. nothing quite strikes that chord in recent games for me of like, that game's sense of discovery is amazing. And if I could just go back to, and again, this might speak to a time and place thing, so maybe it wouldn't be exactly the same. I just remember getting excited to talk to people about that game. Like, and did you see the fucking dragon? And, oh, there's this weird town on, like, the southern end of it. it. It's just, it's filled with infinite shit to discover and tons of people playing at the same time and nobody finding the same things. Well, mm-hmm. that's the fucked up thing about it, because you and I were both playing it at the same time at work when the Switch came out. Yeah. And you would just be in some far-flung-off place of the map that I had never even looked at. So it, it seemed like I, a point where we're playing different games. Yeah. I, I, the one that always sticks out to me is the first time I saw one of those three dragons where like you come over a cliffside at night. And you're like, is that there's a fucking like hundred foot dragon just moving down this this cliffside. Um, that game has one of the gr- probably the greatest sense of discovery I've ever felt in the video game. And just reliving all of that with it blank sounds amazing. It out Skyrim Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it hasn't been released on more platforms yet, but we'll see. Yes, coming soon to your Blender. Absolutely. Powered by Windows. <laughs> it's a Windows 11 Sorry, I was trying to stall. I was trying to stall. I was letting you guys kind of go a little long with that one. There are some sirens in the background. They were right next to my building, so I just the brunt of it just went away. But no, Skyrim is a great fucking choice. That was, you know... It gets <laughs> a lot of stress. <laughs> No, I'm saying would be a great choice. 
Oh, okay. I'm I was going to <laughs> I'm saying it would be a great choice. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in some of the listener comments. But um, yeah, I have a lot to say about that. So that was a real, that was a runner up for me. But Breath of the Wild, yeah, I, you know, I still, I've just been lazy. I'm like, I'm waiting for a digital sale. And as you can see, that's working out really well for me. Not going to have <laughs> a first party Zelda game. Never going to happen. <laughs> I know. I know. But um, no, like, I'm just so concerned if I buy that game, you guys are never going to hear from me again. Because like, that's how I get with those big games that's like working. Skyrim. Josh can attest to this back when we did our old podcast. I played that game for like two months straight. I didn't yeah. play fuck all. Yeah, yeah. Shay would be the person who who collects so many things that eventually they give him the golden poop for for collecting all the stuff. Oh, for the the Korok seeds. Yeah. yeah, the greatest fuck you in video games. I love that. That's so fun. Yeah, the the Korok seeds, which are the we put so many fucking things in here because we want to make sure that you f- constantly find something collectible. Was, wasn't yeah. there like a hundred and twenty of them? Like, no, there's like a, thou- like a thousand, thousand. Oh, something. There's, no, there's the shrines. Like a, the yeah, shrines. there's 120 shrines. Yeah, 120 yeah, yeah, shrines, yeah. and there's I don't know Sorry, the exact number. Too, it's it's, it's hundreds. Too small. Yeah, 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 hundreds, hundreds of the Korok seeds. I need to I need to, I need to check to find the exact number, but but yeah, once you find them all, you just get given a golden shit that does nothing. Yeah, I mean, people are buying like poop emoji pillows, so you know. Mm-hmm. Why yeah, I, that's apparently the the children of the forest. Are like, here, take this golden turd. <laughs> well, it's Nintendo yeah. showing no, that they yeah. really pay attention to the internet. Yeah, they they know they know how to market. They know how to market. But no, I'm I'm telling you guys, if I were to buy that game, I would fucking you guys wouldn't hear from me for a while. Like, because I would even know, even knowing that you get the golden poop, I would still we fucking go and collect everything. That, yeah. That's the thing. That's. I would still go. Well, I already knew about it from a YouTube video, but no, like, (laughs) that's just who I am. And, like, Skyrim, I was that way. Witcher 3, I was that way. I know with that game. And I know because what we do here, that that would not be conducive. Fuck, I've been lost in Biomutant for a month. So, and that game sucks. I got to pick and choose my battles. (laughs) Rich. Your so, words don't hurt me. I didn't make every week. I don't give a shit. Every should, week, Rich's should, opinion should just, of Biomutant gets get slightly lower. worse. <laughs> yeah. So should he have just never played Biomutant and instead played Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? Oh, absolutely. That, that might... There, there could be a case made, but I love Biomutant. But that's... We'll talk about that later. But, okay, you, Breath of the Wild. Rich is saying you wasted a lot of time. I love Biomutant. Well, it's okay. I think, I'm sure it's excellent, but you, I think you should you have listen Stockholm to what said. You know, I could have made better choices. <laughs> we'll say that. We'll say that. We all could have. Yeah, that's, that's my life. That's going to be on my tombstone. Could have made better choices. And we're going to pass it off to, to Josh there. Josh, what would be your choice? Uh, I had to think about this a lot as well, because there are, like you said, a bunch of games that, like, even though I love them, they're they're kind of the opposite. They're games I never want to play again because I know it'll just make me like them less. Um, because I've accidentally done this a couple times recently. Um, like I I went back and I played Tenchu on stream last year, and I I absolutely loved Tenchu as a kid. It is it is a fucking train wreck. That that game is a mess and just painful to play i loved it i absolutely loved playing tenchu as a kid and like there are a few other games like that that i 
I'm terrified to go back to. Like, I love Final Fantasy V, and I know that it was just, like, the first one to do a lot of the systems that they ended up fixing later on, and it's also kind of a mess. But, yeah, like, I, I, I don't want to lose that love for it somehow by thinking I can recapture the same thing again. Mm. Um, so are you not going to buy those pixel remasters? <sighs> I may end up by accident <laughs> just because, but, but no. You're drunk one no. night editing and um, you're like, fuck it, man. Yeah. 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 Around the corner too anymore. quickly. And all of a sudden there's a steam summer sale mugging you. It's just Dave. What are you doing here? Mm -hmm. It's just no no more beating you with a belt. He Mm -hmm. has several with with many belts, many many belts. He's beating you with Lulu's dress. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. I, Kind of similar to the Breath of the Wild thing. I I went with something that is big enough to explore and just feels like something you can't really ever learn. You know the whole thing, Honey Pop. Well, I mean, eh, eh, no, not um. You know, this is all tracking, Josh. You've talked about you talked about privately, and I'm going to air this out because you know I'm a terrible human being. That, <laughs> Chol Aniki, um, <laughs> I'm saying that out loud. Ray, you say that, that shit magic. out loud. You're a, you're more than welcome to, Josh. <laughs> you've mentioned in private that you do. You are a man who uh, partakes in foreplay. And a serious amount of it, and this is this has been the most foreplay answer ever. You are really mm. building up for this answer. It's because he doesn't have one. He's just buying time. <laughs> He's like looking through his list. Quickly. He's like, "What am I going to decide?" Chippy Robo. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Gal sorry. Gun. Sorry. <laughs> are you done? Okay, all right, I'll, I'll continue. But I've uh, been muted for like five seconds. It's all you. I know, man. but and leave the nose with in. his lag now. You never know. Oh, Josh, can he you maybe may waiting add, for a laugh? Add a drum roll there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like for for a lot of similar reasons as Breath of the Wild, I would love to play Shadow of the Colossus again without having experienced that before. Um, that is that is an experience that. Like, even going back to it recently with all the remasters and whatnot is still just outstanding and something I would I would love to not know the world that that's in um, and play it over again. I actually have a question for you about that. Okay, so if you erased it from your mind, would you? so do you think you would want to have played the PS2 version for the first time or now the remaster? Probably the original. I think the original is better. Um, but you wouldn't have any knowledge of that. Yeah, but still, like, even without that, it's just, it's a better looking game. Uh, the, the, the frame rate issues are like the, honestly, the only issue with it. Uh, it, it chugs a little bit, but that, other than that, it is just gorgeous. And the other, like, yeah, they did a, they did a fine job remastering it and whatnot. But it's not like the, the original just feels so handcrafted, you know, in just like a very, very specific way. Um, no, that game was striking in part, I feel like, because of the limitations of the system. Mm-hmm. 
it's sort of like you know the first silent hill it's like well we have to use this fog because we can't render anything more than like mm-hmm. 10 feet in front of us and it just yeah. becomes a, a plot device that becomes like integral to the game yeah 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 no they were really stretching the ps2 to the limits with that game yeah i would i would love to re-experience that without you know any any of the knowledge of where to go and, and what to do like yeah, there's just the the idea of a re-experiencing that that game. I almost like that or Eco would be great. Like both of them are just like that that sort of like just the 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 mystery in those worlds is just excellent and yeah. Would you also like to erase the Last Guardian but then not play it? I don't know. Like that's one that I hate it at the time because it was so janky, but I've like it stuck with me more than a lot of other just janky shit has since then. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a weird sort of thing. Like I feel like the game play is kind of a mess, but like the story they were telling was good enough that it still stuck with me years after. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't I don't remember much about it, interestingly enough. I remember the design of the dragon itself, which I still think is really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but like beyond that, I don't remember that game that well. And I like I, I always just think about people talking about being disappointed by it because I don't remember being like impressively offended. Like this is horrible by it, but it didn't really stick with me the way something like Shadow of Colossus did. Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't fucking stand the Last Guardian. I I really wanted to like that game just because of the hype and people everything. told me I should. Yeah, well, that that was a big part of it, yeah. And no, I, no, I, I, I was being serious. Concept. That wasn't a joke. Oh, I thought, yeah, 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 yeah. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to like that game, but I just could not, could not do it. Yeah. But no, I actually, Josh, I would almost agree with you if I didn't have my own choice, just because when I, you guys know this, when I played The Last Guardian, it was the PS4 remaster, and I got it here in Japan. And so I could only play it in Japanese, and my Japanese wasn't near as um, good as it is yeah. now. Well, Not that can... I'm saying it's leaps and bounds yeah. better, but <laughs> it kind of is at the same yeah. time. It's it's easy I, enough like, to I... to Google the two sentences of dialogue in that game, though. So, right, <laughs> right, but I th- I think that's also like having watched YouTube clips. I think that would have made it that much more poignant for me. Mm. So. I, I don't know. I feel like I missed on out on one key element as small as that element may be. It's still yeah. a key element. So I mean, sure. th- there's enough there to where the story is kind of like I told you guys back in the day, three years ago, there's enough there for it to be told visually. I could understand everything that was going on, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I kind and of it mostly like is. It mostly it. is. Yeah. Aren't so all those games really sparse, like, in terms of, like, there's really not much in the way of, like, exposition? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> trying to think. Like, Eco. If Eco like, has dialogue at all, other than the... Don't, like don't the, the two characters speak different languages? <coughs> yeah, they've got, like, yeah. a made-up language that they speak. I'm trying to think if there's any dialogue, period, and in think- that game. In, in the last guardian, he really only talks to the the dragon, like issuing commands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure. And Eco I don't think and the last guardian had made up language. No text, if if not like maybe like a title, you know, paragraph, like during the intro, if it had anything. Oh, like an, a little excerpt thing. Yeah. yeah. 
almost but, like a Star Wars title. Yeah, crawl. yeah, yeah. Like Shadow of the Colossus had more dialogue because you were kind of getting talked into this quest by Dorman. Um, but even that, like I said, it's it's a, it's very very little through the course of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I that's I think that's a really good choice to be honest with you. I think that's that's one of those games that so many people were affected by when it first dropped. And I think a lot of people would probably agree with you, Josh. That is a really good choice. I I can't fault you for that one even slightly. But cool. How much would you pay, Josh, to have that kind of experience again for the first time? Oh. Just throw the first number out. Don't think too hard. Just throw the first number. I don't know. I think Rich mind. is closer with like the five thousand. But then again, I mean, frankly, this should be you know single payer healthcare sort of a deal. Um, so it really should be free. <laughs> but then we'd but, just be erasing our minds with abandon. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, also that's never going to happen in America, no matter what it is. So yeah. like, we're we flying to Germany to get well, this done? Well, I mean, What's it happening? will, but it will be because they want to erase the last eight hours that we worked, so we can work another eight hours and. Think well, we just it will. Got there. <laughs> no, it, it will. It will. In, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that point is forced upon you. You don't get to choose what you're forgetting. Mm-hmm. Amazon, Amazon drone four five one report to memory wiping. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yes, Lord Bezos. Put the Fair. bottle down. I, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting that you'd only pay that much, but also I'm kind of a crazy person. I'm glad that there's someone else here who kind of shares my sentiments of just financial whimsy that would just blow their money like i would so thank you ray i appreciate that Mm, (laughs) sticking together on this one but let's get into some of the listener comments i want to see if you guys agree or disagree with some of these choices uh every thursday at the sword chomp instagram you can voice your opinions on the topic of the week and we will try and read as many of those comments on the show as possible and we'll try and reflect on some of them um we got some really good uh, answers this week. I'm really excited to read some of them. Dog Rules 23, a good buddy of ours, longtime listener and follower, said, God of War 2018. I don't care the price. I'll find a way. And despite like me personally not really caring for the ending of that game, because obviously they're setting it up for the next game, I think that's a really good choice. That game was a solid game. I think it's too recent in my memory to want to erase and play that game for the first time but um i think Mm -hmm. that's a really good choice that was a solid game yeah same here okay no further reflections gotcha dog rules good choice i don't necessarily agree with it but i still think it's a very (laughs) good choice lag man (laughs) yeah yeah the the lag is killing me sometimes with that too he he keeps thinking no one's responding to him (laughs) just like this whole episode sorry Why do you have no, to be so more, far I, away? It's, uh-huh. Just move closer, Janet. You know, <laughs> Go the to, thing like, is, Guam. This is the worst. This is the worst part about living in Japan. Like there are a lot of amazing mm-hmm. things. There are some really shitty things. The worst part is when I'm podcasting with you guys. The lag. The fucking lag. Yeah, it's been bad I mean, today. I don't know what's going on. Like normally, it's not not it's this bad, bad yeah. but it's been yeah. I was worried it was just me this entire time. I was going to be like, I have to go reset my internet. No, no, it's not you. Yeah. It's, it's Skype, not you. It's Skype me. is uh, taking a personal day. They're kind of... <laughs> must be the intern handling this. They're taking the long weekend. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my... Oh, okay. uh, it's my... It's my uh, punishment for fucking with 
rich before the podcast. He some he somehow allocated res- less resources for me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe after after this topic, then we can pause the recording and we can do a refresh. Well, would that fuck the Skype call up? Just no, it should be fine. Okay, maybe we should it's do doable. that. It's doable. Okay. Anyways, back to the topic. Hakuna, Mac- Hakuna Matata 522, our good buddy Bless Ryan. <laughs> Gesundheit. I would without a doubt pick Skyrim. To experience that again for the first time would be astonishing. And this, like, I was about to go into it earlier, but I didn't want to. I think that's a really solid choice because I remember when that game first came out, so much of the joy of that game was talking about all of the different experiences we had. Uh, that was one of my favorite podcasts to record, episodes to record on our old podcast, just because uh, it was Josh, me, and Morgan at that point, and we all had these wildly different experiences, and it was so fun to talk about them with each other. And I think that's something that we don't get to do as much, obviously, because of the format of our show. We're not always playing the same games. And also, the games that we play aren't always as open as a game like Skyrim. So you unfortunately don't always get those experiences. But that game was such a cool experience to just chat with your friends. I actually, that game, and this doesn't factor into it, but it speaks to what I'm talking about. I remember I used to work at Coca-Cola during that time. Took a week off from work. Uh, My friend and I went into his basement. We stocked up on like all this food for a weekend. We we got the most unhealthy shit. And we just sat there TV next to TV for 72 hours playing that fucking game. I mean, we took some breaks to sleep, of course, and whatnot. But we just fucking ate, played that game, slept, ate, played that game, and slept for 72 hours. And man, was that a magical journey like it was so cool i'd be playing he'd be like dude check this out and i'd look over at his tv and be like oh fuck that's cool i want to get there and then like we would do that kind of shit that's such a good game so that's really definitely like a water cooler moment game yeah one of those ideas like you could talk to people at work about it because also i feel i don't even know how many copies of that game has been sold and but you don't really see like emergent gameplay like that nowadays i guess with like I don't know, I think of exceptions now, like maybe GTA 5 online, people talking about the stuff they do there, or maybe like, um, you know, a teacher, I see kids playing Minecraft all the time, and they'll be like, oh, I saw this, I built that, and you know, but mm-hmm. Skyrim was like one of those original, like, emergent water cooler, like, moment after moment, it's, it's like, oh, I saw this cave, it was amazing. It, it is that Breath of the Wild thing of, like, the weird shit I saw, um... The only, I, I feel like, and maybe this is because Breath of the Wild is newer, why I feel differently about it. Um, I think Skyrim is almost a time and a place thing, even though it's only about 10 years old at this point. Because compared to a lot of other recent shit, I just don't feel like it would hold up as much if I was playing it through the first to- for the first time through a modern lens. I mean, yes, in terms of mechanics, yes. And I think one of the other things there, as, I'm, mm. as I was thinking about Ray's explanation of things, is that kind of where we're at in terms of technology and social media and everything that emerging gameplay is so much harder to exist in 2021 because if somebody sees something cool they're capturing it on stream or they're putting it as a youtube video or they're you know they're just t- capturing a quick video and putting it on social media whether or not they're doing it professionally it. semi-professionally it's just like it's it's so much more difficult to capture or uh, to to experience some of those things without it being captured, 
at this point. Well, at this point, you almost have to go out of your way to avoid it. Yeah. It's just yeah. all in your face now. I mean, I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why, like, th- these two here know why I hate spoilers so much. I mean, it's w- one of those things is I miss those moments where, like, you get to experience something cool. And instead of just fucking reading about it um, on a social media post or just seeing somebody post a video on it, being able to go to my friends and be like, oh, like this, I experienced this. Have you experienced this yet in this game? No, I haven't. Like, how'd you experience that? Like, getting to share those moments kind of formed a bond. I remember playing Final Fantasy X in middle school. And one of the things that I really got into was um, the Blitzball and like trying to compare the different free agents. And I would like, I would literally go to school with some of my friends. And I remember this to this day being in art class, us discussing the best players that they use and why they use them and where to get them. And that kind of shit was so fucking cool. And like, that's something that really I feel. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can really relate to that. Um, Especially, I was in elementary school when Street Fighter 2 first got, like, really big and, like, Mortal Kombat mm. first got really big. And, you know, like, if one person, if one person in your classroom had the strategy guide to, like, Mortal Kombat, they're like, wait, you know how to do all the fatalities? That person was, like, a god in the classroom for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there was so much more, like... Playground rumors and stuff. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, like, just, just this this... This idea of completely forbidden knowledge about about some of these some of these games. Um, Yo, I heard if you beat yeah. Metroid in under thirty minutes, Samus takes her top off, like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's uh, yeah. it is cool seeing stuff like that. Um, the one of the Ocarina of Time ones I remember when I was a kid was like if you get to Lon Lon Ranch quick enough, you can get Epona while Link is still a kid. Um, which is funny because that just ended up being a thing in Majora's Mask. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Street Fighter yeah. eventually introduced Shenlong. Oh yeah. Well, I, I, and I think yeah, that was totally the the product of the playground rumors. Like they just put that in because people were making this shit up. Yeah. Yeah, but could you imagine trying to tell like a, a fan base like okay. This game's about to drop. There are so many cool hidden Easter eggs and whatnot. Don't share it online. Don't do any of that. Just try and discover it. Yeah, I can imagine being Atlas. It, talk with your friends. Oh my god, Atlas. Yeah. But... <sighs> doesn't, it doesn't work all that, for all they try. No, it doesn't. But yeah, like, like literally every 10 seconds, they're like, this scene is recording prohibited. Like, fuck you, Atlas. I'm... And, and like 90% of Persona 5 is recording prohibited. And I'm like, I have a capture card, idiots. I know. It's such a pain in the ass. You like, I had to go in and turn that setting off because otherwise it was just like popping up all the time. Yeah. yeah just constantly there and just like, just making me angry. Just making me angry at them for their they were, they were, stupidity. They were ple- they're pleading this. with people like you when Persona 5 first came out. They're like, please, if you have a capture card, please don't spoil past this date. And then they kept on pushing the date further out and as I, like, I just, the game was yeah, out there. I just kind of want to be like, the people that are watching this clearly don't care. Like, no one's holding a gun to anyone's head. And, and they're like, you're rooting for Persona 5 for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which, but, again, uh, like, not, not that I'm going out of my way to spoil me. stuff, but like, Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to go out of my way to spoil stuff. Snape, <laughs> kill, Snape killed Dumbledore. 
And which Transformers movie is that in? Oh, the only one that matters. Yeah, it's in the comics. Okay. <laughs> After having this conversation, though, I kind of appreciate why they would do that to some regards. Yeah, I I ran into that same <laughs> issue because I tried to stream Persona Five, and then they they gated mm-hmm. me from all of that. And that was before I had a capture card way back in the day. But yeah, like I kind of get it in some regards because then you miss that that discussion with friends about the various things that you run into in gaming. So, all right, let's move to. We have a few more comments to get to. Um, Mr. J. Truis, or J.T. Ruiz, as we know him, probably Super Metroid for me. Playing it now for the first time might have made me... Hmm? Or J.T.R. Weiss. That's his author name. Yes. Mm. Yes, exactly. Um, Probably Super Metroid for me. Playing it now for the first time might have made me want to try speedrunning it in my adult age. Um, Mm. Speedrunning's not for me. But Super Metroid. I actually have Metroid something to bring is... up after the comment. Oh, go for it. Go for it now if you want. No, no, finish the comment. Oh, that's the that's the rest of the comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, it's talking about speedrunning it. Um, I feel like especially with a lot of Super Nintendo games, and you see a lot with NES games. I've been watching a lot of uh, Link to the Past randomizer tournaments lately, mm. where people speedrun the game, but the, all the items are in different locations, and you have to follow the logic of the game. That community's bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Su- Super Metroid also has a big community for that, and sometimes they even mix the two games together, where you'll get Metroid items while playing Zelda and vice versa, and then and you, you keep swapping back, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's insane. I tried to get involved with... I, I probably talked about it in the podcast because it was probably about a year ago. I, I played a few Link to the Past randomizers and tried to get involved with that community, and like, it's, it's such a time commitment, and the only challenge I really ever wanted to hold myself to is... I have a fam- Super Famicom copy of A Link to the Past, and I am confident I could get through it without any of the English text. But I think that's a good start yeah. to something like that. And I know right now there's a big speedrunning community tournament where they're playing Link to the Past, what's called Cross Keys Mode, where going inside like Is a building, Kingdom Hearts game? Yes, 358 slash over two Ganons. <laughs> and then... Um, like, But if, say, you go into uh, the door where over the two kid Ganons. is... I had him pegged as Ganons. a top. Ha. He's both in this scenario. <laughs> Be careful of those fire bats, hey. though. But, um, like, say you go into the sick kid's house, you'll be in, like, Turtle Rock, and you have to pay attention to where all these doors lead. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's pretty neat. Yes. But, yeah, no, those, those speedrunning randomizer people are nuts, and it's so much fun to watch. Even a game that, like, I never really played, like, I'll watch Final Fantasy 1 randomizer, and it's the NES version of FF1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like some of those speedruns are cool to watch. I've watched a a few Super Mario 64 speedruns. Though that's really fun to watch cuz they're like they're different versions to do that with too. It's like, "Oh, you only get 3 stars or only you get you only get 4 stars or only, you only get 60 stars like shit like that." Some of those are really cool and intensive. I know for a fact that because I get pissed at those kind of things like I remember doing the time trial stuff in Ori and the Will of the Wisp recently. And that shit pissed me off, and I was like, man, I could never do this as, like, a, a way to enjoy games. <laughs> and those are the ones designed for everyone to beat. No, and the funny yeah. thing is, it almost comes back to, like, oh, if we could experience it again. These are people so devoted to these games that they pick apart every single little element yeah. just to shave off fractions of seconds. 
like Ocarina yep. of Time, Ocarina of Time, like the game is basically held together with spit and tape. Like there are people like backflipping through windows through time and beating the game in like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. The, uh, that's absolutely insane to me. I watched um, kind of combining a few of the things we've talked about so far. Um, it was either last year or the year before. I was one of one of the games I was going back to play on stream. Um, I ended up catching the attention of somebody who was a speedrunner who was, you know, preparing for like one of the charity streams later on, who came in and watched the stream of me playing this game and kept giving me like, you know, like different tips for like how to skip certain things and stuff. Um, uh, when I was playing, oh, what was that? It was, uh, uh, Yoku Island Express? What's what's the, is Yo, that, Yoku's Island Express? Is it Yoku's? Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah, the pinball Metroidvania. Yeah, the pinball Metroidvania, um, which was really fun. Like he kind of you know he watched me play the game and whatnot, and then after afterward he immediately had me restart it and beat the game in five minutes. <laughs> like he told me where to go and stuff, and just kind of give me directions. Yeah, and I just beat the game a second time in five minutes with with this <laughs> with this guy who knew what he was doing. Telling me how to go. He was trying to nudge you into becoming a speedrunner. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, so it, was really, it was he's really cool. Like the, he's, he's like the Dread Pirate Roberts, but of speedrunning, he just wanted to pass his title on to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he, he's press-ganging you into becoming a speedrunner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I respect those people who do that speedrunning because I don't, I don't have the patience and I don't have the time or the desire to devote that time to do that. So I respect the people who do that, honestly, and that's sincere. Yeah. Um, Tony S said, that's a tough one, but I think it's going to have to be Final Fantasy VIII. It was my first taste of JRPG, and it started my love for the genre. Deeply flawed as it may be, I would love to be swept off my feet all over again by the combat, the trading card game, the wow factor of seeing the GFs for the first time, screaming in frustration about the battle island because I wasn't paying attention to the junction system. And <laughs> I think if... If the technology existed to not only erase the game from memory, but put you, like, take you back in time. Oh, yeah. yeah. To where you could be, like, that person experiencing it there for the first time again, that would completely recontextualize this entire question. Um, that would yeah. work you could remake me. the entire experience, yeah. yeah. As you remember it now, be like, re- relive the magic. Relive the magic of seeing Moombas for the first time, which we all never forget. They became such an icon and so important <laughs> for the series going forward. Uh, hashtag Moomba life. I mean, FF8 is a good one because it's like, really, if you look at it, it's such like a graphics jump from FF7. Yeah. Like, Everything looked so much more detailed. I mean, you know, when we see the memes nowadays of Renault saying like, oh, you're the best looking person here. And it, <laughs> lo- and it looks like someone shot a grenade directly into his face. But, like, but uh, you know, just the leap yeah. at the time, like FF7 was amazing at the time. And then FFA was just like, it blew it away. Like, you know, and people love FF9, but graphically it wasn't the same jump. Like 7 no, to 8 not even was close. a huge leap. Yeah, and also yeah. Final Fantasy VIII was interesting because it was one of the few Final Fantasies that invited you to like break the game. It was they just, made like, it yeah. painfully obvious that the game was meant to be broken in that one. Got to draw off Seifer, can't forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like you know the card game. Like I had like the fifth Gunblade because of the card game before I met Renoa. Yeah. Like, yep. 
you were it just invited you to like oh hey if you figure out how to junction 100 deaths onto squall's weapon or anyone's weapon they're just instant kills yeah, yeah it's yeah like, that game's I, wild in terms of how easy it is to break yeah my first time through that game i think i beat it at level 13 because i i realized that oh oh everything's leveling with me like it was yeah, um, and and Final Fantasy doesn't normally yeah. level scale like that. Mm-hmm. So it really tried such, so many different things. Yeah, yeah, such a departure. Such like, and I really feel like it's underappreciated. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, they're essentially telling two disparate stories between disc two and three. But I just think that game is so much better than people give I, credit for. It, it, yeah. it, it speaks to that weird like change, though, exactly of like you said, Ray. Like it was trying so many different things, and then clearly that scared a lot of people at the time because nine is such a return to form, well, even past what the PS one ones were doing. Well, I mean, it nine, scared people, but also half of them didn't work. Yeah, and also <laughs> yeah, nine, and, yeah. nine and ten were sort of I think made together to be like, here's the really old school one, and then mm-hmm. and here's he, the what the next final, the future of Final Fantasy is. Yeah. Yeah, it was like that last they were, hurrah. Were they within a year, or are they just over a year apart? This, it was... I think it was within a year, because it was like 2000 and 2001. Nine, nine was yeah. really close to the end they, of the PS1's life cycle. Yeah, but like, they were they were super close together. I, I can't remember exactly how many months apart Be- they were, but... Because I played Nine on the um on that smaller, like, compact PS1. Oh, yeah. Um, like it, So it was very close to the end of the PS1's life cycle. That is a sexy little machine. It is, and the little screen attachment you can get for it. Mm-hmm. That was a good time with that little screen attachment. It's kind of the GameCube <laughs> one. Yep. One year and ten days apart. So barely, so barely over a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. Yeah. So just so you guys know, just for shits and giggles, we are actually almost coming up on the anniversary of both of these games. July 9th. Yeah, we are is the anniversary of Final Fantasy IX, which is kind of awesome, 9 and 9. And July 19th is Final Fantasy X. All right. All right. That's exciting. Still looks good. I mean, those remasters... Yeah, it does. Look good. I love having both of those games on the... uh, Having Ten and Ten Two on the Switch is just so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have them in several places. Like, (laughs) <laughs> no, I I'm on the Vita. I, I think on the I Switch. own every copy of yeah. of every Final Fantasy game like eight different times. Every cause... time it goes somewhere, I'm like, well, I, I'm like, like when I think I waited for the nine port to go on sale on Switch, but I'm like, fifteen dollars? How do you beat that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that really is like a magic number, especially with like how many. And you do you tick those nostalgia centers in your brain. Yeah. And then I never played that version. Oh well, like so many games nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Toss it on the pile. We'll get there eventually. Yep. Or you'll <laughs> die. <laughs> probably, the, probably the second one. We can only hope. All right. Let's get back into the comments. Three more comments, and then we can wrap up this topic. Bebopman182, our good buddy, said, Honestly, it would probably have to be Metal Gear Solid for me. There are games that I think have more interesting mechanics and graphics, and hell, even story. But I will never, ever forget my first time playing MGS and fighting Psycho Mantis or hearing Sniper Wolf's tragic backstory or that stinger at the end revealing, spoiler alert, Ocelot was working with the government the entire time. MGS is when I first realized that games could be adult, could tell deeply philosophical stories, and could, in fact, be art. I'd give just about anything to have that revelation 
again. That's a good one. Oh yeah. That's that was like the first like Kojima unleashed game like that I think about. The weird stuff that game did or something I think about constantly. So yeah, that that's definitely one one for consideration for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I need to go like I've shit on those games just because like they've never appealed to me. I do want to like, and I talked about this a few years ago. I do want to go and try and give them another shot because I do want to understand why so many people love Kojima. Like Death Stranding, I don't think was probably the game to try and give Kojima another try on, but um, I no, definitely that was not. Uh... <sighs> no, I'd like to give him another <laughs> try to be honest with you because I I know yeah. that he's very much. Um, respected and adored by so many people and i there i wish i wish we had a news segment because then we could talk about that that news that he um that release that his new game is going to be working with microsoft and whatnot but maybe that would get me more interested in trying out some of his stuff but yeah mgs i think is a great choice a lot of people respect that game i know a lot of people um appreciate that uh... and have appreciated over the years I think you'd actually really like one, just knowing kind of your affinity for a lot of older kind of mechanically focused games like Shining Force. Um, yeah. Because MGS1 and VR Missions had a really, really tight, arcadey sort of uh, stealth combat feel to them that I know mm. other people kind of felt, you know, stifled by. I love it. Like, I think... Like, I fucking love VR missions. Like, VR missions is, like, VR one of my favorite Metal Gear games, period, because it, it took all those combat ideas and were like, okay, let's just make hundreds of levels with all these ideas that we had from making Metal Gear 1. Or Metal my Gear favorite Solid Metal 1. Gear game is uh, the, the bonus mission in Ape Escape. That is, that is good. It is good. See, these, these are all good answers, but what if you took the mechanics of Metal Gear and turn them into cards, and then put them on the PSP. <laughs> okay, I, okay. I, I also like games. that game. I love those games. I'm <laughs> again, like I like I like when they do the weird mechanical things with them. Like, um, I they're they're downstairs. I can't go grab them, but yeah, I I love the Metal Gear Acid games. <laughs> they're so stupid, but I love them. Mm. Fair enough. Good choice. Peace then. Walker for life. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jeffrey J.S. Yarto, J.S.Z. Yarto, excuse me. Um, he wrote an original or answer. J.S.Z. Ziarto. We're going to keep doing this. Ziarto. You do you, man. He deleted his original answer, and he wrote a new one that said, Actually, I changed my answer. Missed. I remember my dad and I playing it and writing notes about puzzles and working through it all, and just an amazing game at its time. And being so excited yep. to see the power of hypercard programming. I just recently played it in VR and it had me in tears just sitting there in that world being a part of it. So maybe I don't need it for the first time again, but I do want it. It so. would be in- awesome to replay the mist well, at least the first three. They kind of went off the rails with their forays into multiplayer and mmo like this weirdness but like the first three definitely um wait there's more than the first three yeah there's like an uru and return to uru and there's like eight of them i think 
oh my god all i knew is that mist the original one just keeps on getting re-released on something eventually there's yeah uh, Mi- mist uh x where they go to space um but yeah the he first three are great back. the first three are really great uh the third one has has worm tongue as the villain um of Lord of the Rings fame. Of Lord of the Rings fame. It's uh, I'm I'm blanking on his name, but he's the, he's the villain. And because those games had like the whole, or at least Riven and I thought you meant Exile. the literal Lord of the Rings character. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, not the literal character, but the actor. And the tol- I'm, yeah, I'm blanking on his name, but like them? <laughs> he licensed what is his the name. He did, he did a bunch of stuff with David Lynch as Brad well. Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif, that's it. Brad I said Dourif. It three times. Is it the last? That was the first time that any was of us heard you. The first time it came through, man. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. Shit. Brad Dourif. I was saying it like Brad three Dourif times. I'm like, is, why is nobody is listening the... to me? Brad fucking Dourif over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. He is. He's the he's the villain in Mist Three Exile, which you should track down if you haven't played it because it's it's really fun. Um, it but... just occurred to me that that same guy also had a role in Star Trek Voyager. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. He was Suter. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's been yes, fun thinking about a lot of these old. About that. Ray, yeah, all these man, old properties. Do you ever want to talk more Ratchet about Star Trek? Please come and, back, man. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> since since we need to get Shay on board for buying a PS5 at some point, you could you could play some Ratchet and Clank, and uh, Armin Shimmerman is uh, Doctor Nefarious. It's true. That is, that is a way oh. to get me more interested. <laughs> That yeah, is a famous principle from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's the role everyone knows him for. He mm-hmm. was on Buffy? Yeah. He was the principal. principal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is he a prominent character on that show? Yeah. He appears enough. He gets he eaten be, he, by a giant snake. He's not a regular, but he does have uh, uh, enough I'll go episodes. Get my Buffy box set and I can look up how many episodes he's in. Yeah. I or might just, have know, to IMDb. watch Buffy. <laughs> no, do it the fun <laughs> 90s way. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's a fair that's a fair one. I think Mist is a really good choice. I remember that is briefly a good playing choice. that on computer. I would have picked Chex Quest. It's funny. I've gone back to Mist and Riven recently, and you just you get to parts and you're like, oh, I just know the answer to this because the way those games work is you're just you're learning the logic of how a completely different universe works, and once you know that, it's just like a matter of knowing it. So you'll get there like, oh, no, this, this is a base five number system. So, of course, I, I understand Maybe that's how why these symbols work me. now. But like because I barely understand how our universe works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy that our brains work that way, that you can like if you think about it, you play a video game and it has its own physics. It has its own reality, its own universe. And mm-hmm. our mind kind of slowly gets used to it over the hours we play. But then there are still people bitching and complaining that they have to use different pronouns now in 2021. But that's a different topic. Anyway, so <laughs> but that's so on. hard for them. <laughs> Anyways, uh, last comment. There's just some there's some built up from last week's topic. So I just had to let it out today. Anyways, bedtime gamers. <laughs> gamers. <laughs> Said provided I could erase the sequel as well. Maybe The Last of Us? If not that, I might say Persona 4 Golden, as it go. just felt like the perfect game for the Vita and the first RPG that I fell in love with since the Final Fantasy games on the PS1. Similar track to, yeah. I mean, I played plenty on the PS2, yeah. but no, it's just they fell off in that 360 era. They're like, HD graphics? What's that? Mm-hmm. No understand, yeah. though. They, they, had, yeah, but then- they had a rough go with things. I mean... 
like some I of the Tales games were coming out and stuff, but yeah, kind of had a rough. I find build. it amazing. I find it amazing though that they couldn't do HD graphics on a console, but then you have the Vita that has an OLED screen, and Atlas is just like, oh, let's make these colors pop so much that like you just get diabetes. Like that, it's so saccharine oh, looking. That's why I think I was able to enjoy it a little bit more because I already had diabetes at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that does it help. Is, yeah, you, it yeah. has the diabetes. You and Wilford Brimley enjoyed Persona 4 Gold. <laughs> Me and Wilford Brimley used to take an insulin shot, and then we'd play Persona 4 Gold. Mm-hmm. Well, perfect. I mean, that's the end of the topic. Uh, thank you to everyone who commented, and again, on, thurs- on Thursdays at the Sword Chomp Instagram. Uh, please leave your comments on whenever we post the topic of the show. We are going to take a quick commercial break, allow people to go to the lavatory, allow people to replenish their water and we're going to probably do a quick refresh um for josh's sake so he doesn't have to edit this mess of lag time and whatnot (laughs) so we will be right back don't go anywhere we have a ton of games to talk about ray's not going anywhere we're not going anywhere and you is sure as fuck better not i don't know what i was trying to say there we'll be right back Mm. fuck hey there welcome if you found this you must be listening to the Chompcast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're wondering. Well, hey, shit! Tell them about the other podcast. Yes, I know you're wondering. What else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. What else could I possibly listen to? From these guys. Shut the fuck up! I'm about to tell them. As I was saying. If you want more content from us, and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to SoreChomp.com, where you can check out our other podcasts, such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime, where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game, often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you, and enjoy. And we are back. Thank you so much for waiting for us. I'm sure it was a very long wait. Um, But we are back. And we are going to talk about some games. But first, there is a reason why Ray has joined us today. I, being the terrible host or the mediocre host that I am, forgot to mention it at the beginning of the show. So we're going to mention it now. Rich. Why did you bring your friend Ray onto the show? Thank you for asking. We didn't rehearse this. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so, so the reason Ray is here today is uh, we've been wanting to actually make this happen for a little while now. Uh, as a lot of you guys are probably aware, I've been running the editorial stuff, and it, but it is mostly me, occasionally Shay, who writes a little something over there. Re- main reason Ray is here is because while he is not joining the podcast proper on a regular basis or anything like that, He's going to be uh, doing some contribution to the site. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Ray has blogged about games for a long time. Uh, meeting him years ago at this point is actually one of the reasons I full threw myself into game writing full force because we spent eight hours a day for many years sitting next to each other on laptops. And uh, Ray encouraged a lot of my writing, was one of the first people to tell me I really had a knack for it, and uh, was proofing a lot of my stuff for a long time, and I was reading a lot of his stuff. And uh, he's been looking. What a for nice a- friend to lie to you. Yeah, it was really he really boosted my self esteem and told me <laughs> I wasn't dog shit until I got passable. 
Um, and so, yeah, yeah, suddenly I was working at a real games website and he was like, what the fuck? This is like a pig party scenario. And, uh, but yeah, the, the, the thing is Ray has been looking for a place to post some of his stuff. Cause he's just kind of been thrown out into the ether for a while and he enjoys writing about games. He writes a lot of stuff about older games, a lot of the kind of writing I, I like to do, um, as well. And so he's going to be bringing his voice in written form to the website while he contributes for us. And he's also going to be lending me a hand um, in terms of another really research and heavy podcast uh, that I hope to be bringing to the website relatively soon. Um, so uh, you should. Uh, he's already sent me some stuff. It's in terms of us getting some more info up on the website before his first post will go live. But He's going to be writing about stuff that is you wouldn't expect as much as you might when he talks about some of the games he played this week. Uh, you'll see, but it's it's going to be interesting stuff, and I'm excited for everybody to read it and for us to get it up and out there for people to see. Yeah, I'm excited, actually, to be writing to, you know, an actual audience. Like, I used to blog way back more prolifically, but also I'm taking this, like, I'm a normally a substitute teacher by trade. I'm trying to get a real teaching job, and so this summer I sort of had the time to sort of throw myself into something and try to really make a real honest go of it. So, you know, me and Rich have been talking. It seemed like the perfect opportunity to start doing something like this. Switching to real teaching, huh? You got, you got tired of watching Forrest Gump. Uh, Forrest Gump. No, um, actually <laughs> lately it's been back to the future and Jumanji. Mm. I mean, you, you do teach history. So wouldn't Forrest Gump be right up, up there? Forrest Gump is actually one of my favorite movies ever. It's a great movie. It's also that movie that like made people not realize that Tom Hanks used to be a comedic actor. The Burbs is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, Tom Hanks, indeed. But no, that's... Yeah, I'm really excited for that because I, I definitely want us to start getting more into the editorial kind of stuff. And I think there's a... I mean, obviously, editorials are kind of... Um, not as popular right now as podcasting and videos and whatnot, but I still very much think that there's a place for those. I mean, hell, right, right before the podcast, um, in my news feed on my phone popped up, um, a game I was asking the other two guys about had they played it. And as, as a result of that, that article, I went and watched a YouTube video on the game that they said, oh, this game is really good. You, you should sit down and play it. And I was like, man, now I really want to play this game. And that all stemmed from an article. and. I like there's so many so many things I'd love to talk about on the podcast but obviously editing of a video is so extensive and um takes a lot of time and starting a brand new podcast for like all that side stuff that we don't necessarily talk about that we want to talk about doesn't make a lot of sense so like editorials makes a lot of sense a quick easy bite-sized kind of things or deeper kind of things if you want to explore the deeper aspects of certain topics. So I think there's, there's a place there that we could be hitting upon and stuff we could be talking about. And so, uh, when Rich kind of posed this idea, I was really excited for it. So yeah. Um, we're really excited to have you Ray, um, writing some stuff for us and yeah. And, um, yeah. And as Josh is kind of typing out in some way, shape or form, Rich actually gets to dorn the title editor. And it actually makes sense now. Mm. When you're just editing yourself, it's not you don't really feel like much of an editor. Yes, he actually will get to edit me talking about, you know, old Falcom games. 
And I go, what did you do to edit this? Well, I just, I, I opened the dock and I clicked the Grammarly button. <laughs> That's all you need. So you're like the kids need. at work. Well, no. So, <laughs> I, I like to pride myself. At least I tell everybody to, uh, to, who has sent me stuff in the past to run it through Grammarly because, frankly, I, I shouldn't have to worry about adding commas to your writing. Um, like, more so, like, this is a weird editor thing to talk about. All I really look for is, like, flow, which... I can't imagine I will be editing much of anything Ray sends me because I have already known from reading his stuff in the past that he has he already has a good flow in writing. Which is kind of what I also do in, in a lot of senses, but then I... I typically try not to edit my stuff right after. I, I try and go back in like an hour or two later because then you read it out loud to yourself and you get more of a sense for, no, nah, this doesn't really sound right. Like, I get what I'm saying, but this doesn't sound right. But this is not a podcast about editing. No, that, that that's that's the oh, new cool. stuff that we're just talking about. Yeah, that's what that's we're going to be doing. It's the new podcast. <laughs> it's all about really editing. It's going to be boring. It's going to be so boring. It's going to suck so hard. Oops, all editing. Yeah, exactly. That's actually a good title. Yeah, no, I um, I'm excited for that, and I'm excited, Ray, because uh, we're definitely gonna have to collab and do some Star Trek related stuff because I don't, I like these these two. They they like Star Trek, but they do not love it. I Ooh. spend a lot of time. They don't fucking love it. I spend a lot of time just sort of reading Memory Alpha when I'm bored. So, <laughs> raise your. Guy I actually for that have for not sure. gotten into the books. Uh, I like granted that's not books necessarily, but um. I, I actually a part of a Facebook Star Trek group. <laughs> That's how much I'm into Star Trek. And I'm part there of are... uh, several Facebook meme groups about Star Trek. Are you in Star Trek shit posting? Yes, I am. Posting? Yes, <laughs> yes, um, me too. You should okay, actually, good. you should actually know. Uh, the week I sent you guys all those um, <laughs> Star Trek memes in the WhatsApp was from Ray. Got me into a group full of. Got me to follow a Twitter full of Star Trek memes. And that's where all of those were coming from. <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're great. I'm, you know, Rich, that that one I sent about um with Quark Rom in the room, I actually made that for Star Trek ship posting. <laughs> that's a, a regular fucking, celebrity here. I'm fucking lame. That's how lame I am. I love I love Star Trek, but everyone um, in the group's gonna think this is hilarious. <laughs> no, but um, no, yeah, like in all seriousness. It's I'm because sorry. of this conversation alone, you're going to simultaneously, like, gain and lose 100 followers. <laughs> probably. probably. Sword they're going to be like, but, Sword Chop, this shit's too nerdy for me. i got to walk away from this. Yeah, and other people are going to be like, this nerd shit is right up my alley. Fucking nerds. No. These no, guys but, shut like, up I do. Work. Somebody was talking about the books in that group the other day, and I was like, you know, I've never really sat down and read the books. I don't know. Like, it, to me, like, I used to be into Magic the Gathering, and they had those books, and I was like, I don't know if I want to get that into Magic mm -hmm. the Gathering. Those Magic the books are bad. And I've always kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I tried reading one, and I was like, fuck, this is terrible. Yeah. I read a lot of Star Wars novels when I was younger, which Same. I'm just very disappointed that they're no longer canon, but they apparently brought back Admiral Thrawn, who was the best character from those books, so I'm happy again. My yep. favorite's the one they, where yeah. Han and Chewie find Indiana Jones' corpse on Earth. Stop it. That's a real book. Stop it. 
It may or may not it, be canon. No, it is. It's again. real. Because <laughs> they, yeah, again, like you were saying, they they decide judiciously well, they're which ones the they're going to bring back into the canon now that Disney owns it. So, and like I know that is the smart choice to yeah. make Thrawn like this overarching villain of all these live action series they're doing. Like that's mm-hmm. smart. Yeah, they just brought back the uh, what are they? The Dark Troopers from the what was it a sixty four game? In... What what gen was that? Yeah, that oh, was, was from uh, Dark Forces. Dark yeah, Forces, they're from yeah. Dark Forces. They appear in the second. It's, they're in the Mandalorian. Of, uh, of the Mandalorian, oh, yeah. yeah. I love, I love Dark Forces. Yeah. I mean, so good. I did then. It's one of those games now. Like again, time and place. Mm-hmm. I have it on Steam. If I load it up right so now, so do I. Like, yeah. This looks yeah. like dog shit. <laughs> but those memories, yeah, and they—that's mm-hmm. the thing to pluck out of that game for sure. Because conceptually, cool Dark idea. Troopers are cool as shit. Yeah. 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 Well, that. Thanks for coming to our editorial and Star Trek talk. Let's Star actually Trek's get into Star Wars some fucking game. Well, yeah, let, let me let me do my job of being the host. I, I I decided to not do my job for it, but let me do the job again. All right. So let's talk about some games. Mario Golf Super Rush. Rich. Yeah. You played this game. Tell us about it. I'm playing it. a ton of this. Um, I really like Mario sports games. Is where I'll start with this. Like I find all those weird Mario spinoffs to be exceptionally fun. I was maybe um, a little more apprehensive headed towards this one because I think Mario Tennis Aces, which is the tennis game that came out for Switch, was a little lacking in certain respects. Um, and I think this is a lot better, but still slips up in some places. What a lot of people like to hold a candle to in the Mario sports games are those old GBA ones that were just like these insane RPGs. Mm-hmm. And there are some elements of that in this. Um, the story mode is... Basically, you are on a golf tour. Uh, you are competing against... You have to play as a me, which was my first strike already, because I'd rather just play as Waluigi. Um, and, but that's fine. You're competing against uh, a Boo, a Toad, uh, Charge and Chuck is there uh, on this little PGA tour you're doing. And there's some RPG elements. You get experience, and you can level up stats like your power and your, your running speed, because there's a lot of speed golf in this where you're running from place to place to hit the ball. Um, and the thing is, those elements seem a little too light. Like, the stats don't really matter that much. There's a cool pull, in, pull on them. Like, if you up power too much, your control will start to go down, so you kind of have to manage that stuff, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the real depth comes from, like, the sheer amount of different clubs there are. Uh... Because the main sensibility it takes into account, which I like a lot, is when you're playing something like speed golf, um, how, which for anyone who's unfamiliar, the whole point of speed golf is to get the golf ball in the hole as fast as you can. You're not waiting for the other person to tee off. You're driving, you're running to your ball, you're hitting it again, and just trying to get it to the hole quickly. And you're running. You're not using yeah. your golf cart. Yeah, you're not using a golf cart. You're running. So in Mario Golf Super Rush... You typically want to have about seven clubs with you, but you can take up to, I believe, 16. If you go over seven, you are considered heavy and you move slower. So it's something you have to keep in mind. And you also have to, uh, you know, keep a decent amount of clubs to get you out of whatever situation you might get stuck in. Like whether you're stuck in a sand trap or uh, in a water hazard or something like that. And then there's also all these sort of zany clubs that have different power-ups, like... There's a uh, a mushroom-themed driver that lets you put a lot of topspin on the ball. Uh, one of my favorite ones is uh, there is a Koopa Shell driver that uh, if you hold down while you are getting your power charged up, you can actually hit the ball really light and skip it over water like a stone. 
uh, which is a kind of crazy element to add. The, the, the biggest, like, drawback I'll give that story mode is that even when you're not playing speed golf, they make you walk to your ball and stuff like that, and it just feels almost kind of unnecessary. Mm. Uh, like, they're wasting time for no reason. Same goes with their overworld. Like, the design is cool and the courses are cool, but there's an overworld where you talk to people and go in between, and I just don't feel like there's much in that overworld, nor is the writing as good as a lot of Mario games can be to uh, make getting through that entertaining. Um, right, right. It sounds it sounds like they took a lot of ideas from Golf Story. From Yeah, uh, they, they definitely did. Um, and, and that's the thing that keeps it fresh, is the way they keep switching up the way you play. Like, in each world, quote-unquote, you play different versions of golf. Like, I'm in the desert right now, and you're playing a lot of speed golf. Mm -hmm. um, before that, I was in sort of this mountainous region where you're playing a lot of cross-country golf, which... Uh, cross country golf is a game basically where you want to hit, I think it's six holes. It, you never, you never change where you're starting from. There's six holes. You need to get the ball in on this big open course and you have like a, a stroke limit. So it's sink the ball hmm. six in these six holes in 40 and under 40 strokes is what it would be. Um, but where it really shines, I think is a lot of that multiplayer stuff. It's only two player local, but up to four online. And I think the two most fun modes, bar none, are speed golf for one, because there's a lot of wacky elements to speed golf. Uh, you have a stamina meter, so when you're running to your ball, you can actually dash. And much like Mario Kart, you can get a boost by running directly behind someone. <laughs> you can also knock them down by running into them. If you run past their ball while it's still carrying in the air, you dash. You will move their ball. Um, so you can really fuck with people in regards like that. And, and that's one of the more hectic modes. The other, and probably the most unique, is Battle Golf, uh, which is a four-player game where you are in a Mario Kart battle-style arena with one hole at the center, and the first player to sink three balls wins. Hmm. And there's crazy stuff on those courses, like there's thwomps and hazards and all sorts of insane shit. Um, and I, I do actually think that mode probably has the most legs and is the most entertaining. Uh, it actually it actually sounds like the most Mario, like Super Mario is. Brothers mixed in with yes. the golf. It is the most Mario they've gotten with it. And that was my one stroke against the speed golf is I think it should be a little crazier. Like there should be power ups and stuff. Okay. Now I have a That'd question. That'd be dope. Um, now, you know, people talk about the GBA Mario, the yeah. role playing game, but that wasn't actually developed by Nintendo. Camelot developed Camelot it. developed this as well. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to ask. So it was yeah. more Camelot. But yes. it's not, not as RPG-y. Not as... There are RPG elements, but they're pretty thin. Okay, now also with, you know, the, the fact that they added an encumbrance system when it comes to your clubs, can yeah. you shed clubs as you're going? You, you can't, and it's, it's not like there's a, a true encumbrance in a sense. It's like once you go over seven, you're moving at a slower pace. But it's still a yeah. consideration, mm. and, I, and I try and... And I think even more so than that, the... the the weirder clubs I told you about are what's probably the more interesting part, because you're like, do I want a normal driver, or do I want this driver that can let me skip it across water, but doesn't have quite as much power? Um, there's also driver types, uh, I think they're like these Donkey Kong-themed banana ones, where the driver is clearly bent, and <laughs> its ability is like, this driver automatically makes the ball swing to the right. <laughs> okay, now... Is it only Mario characters, or is it like inching more towards like Mario Kart, where you're like, hey, you can play as Link or Isabel? This now. is only Mario Mario characters, um, but the selection is weird. For example, King Bob Bomb is here. 
Uh, oh, I love him. Yeah. Also, if uh, if it follows suit with Mario Tennis Aces, which I really hope it does, Mario Tennis Aces added a lot of characters after the fact. Uh, okay. Like, it added Diddy Kong for free. It added Chain Chomp for free. I'd love to see Chain Chomp golf somehow. They made him play tennis. Chain Chomp could do whatever Chain Chomp wants. Yeah. Moreover, I want them to add Diddy Kong to this Mario game, because watching Donkey Kong play golf is hilarious enough. Now, I had a thought, because I haven't played this game. I do plan on buying it. Um, now, you have to play as a me, you said, right? In the story mode? In the story mode, yeah. Imagine if you were able to dress up your me in all the stuff you can get in Smash Brothers for your me fighters. So what you're telling me is you think it would be really novel if you could play this game as Genome. That, and also I want to be able... I want to be able to add the and featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry yeah, series sticker to, the, to this game. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was actually the joke I thought you were going to go for. Yes. Also, Bowser is so dressed I, like what you'd imagine Guy Fieri dresses like on a golf course. I love it. Sold. And Wario like I have a cowboy. Two, I have two quick questions. Is there enough here for people who are not that interested in Mario or that interested in golf to be interested? Or is it something like... It's kind of a, you, you know what you're getting into. If you are not, if you are into the Hot Shots series, I would say this is for you. Because in terms of the golf mechanics, that's what it is. And I like those games a lot. Um, I, I do think you have to have some affection for golf games to get anything out of this. Okay. My second question is, um, you know, I was a really avid player of this game back in the day. And I still think it's probably the pinnacle of golf games uh rugrats in paris the movie when you play the mini golf um mini game in there now does this game compare at all to that game this makes that game look like a wet turd Mm. you know i think you're using hyperbole there rich because that was easily the best (laughs) golf game ever we all know it was rugrats search for reptar had the better golf mini game so i'm not really sure what you're talking about Uh, they were both pretty amazing (laughs) they were both pretty fucking amazing to be stay, honest with stay you. Stay tuned for the new podcast comparing golf minigames. First up, <laughs> oh, God. Rugrats and Yakuza 3. We could actually... Oh, that's a good one, too. Listen, we could justify doing that for the other podcast. <laughs> the chomping after dark, yeah. That would be... Yeah. That'd be a weird and amazing bit, but... Cool. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying your time with that game, Rich, because it was one that I was slightly interested in, but I was like, I'm not going to pull the trigger... I'm not going to spend that much money on something that I'm ever I, so slightly I like, interested in. I like Hot Shots enough to know I was going to be into this, and I remember liking Toad's Dual Tour. Oh, the other weird Mario-ish element I should add is um, anyone who's familiar with like a Hot Shots golf with how you can put like spin on a ball by holding an arrow when you're you know driving. Um, this does the most Mario thing ever and lets you upgrade that uh, control bar, so you get two, you get segmented bars, meaning you can curve the ball multiple times in the air in different directions. Hmm. Well, there you go. Okay. Okay. Well, next on the docket is Monster Hunter Stories 2, the demo. And both Rich and (laughs) Ray have played that. That's the The official title of the release. The demo. Um, Yeah, Ray, I I don't know. uh, I have no familiarity, aside from the Amiibos I purchased, with the original Monster Hunter Stories. Yeah, I didn't touch the previous one. Yeah. I thought those Amiibos looked good, but you're always more into the Amiibo thing than yeah. I was. I, and I also had to ship them in from Japan, just so everybody knows, because they were not released in the U.S. markets. Um, I, I got really into this. Josh and I, uh, when we were streaming 
the Nintendo E3 adjacent press conference thing. We both watched the Treehouse after where they really got into this game and that's what made me yeah. want to try this. Uh, where I was like, oh, it's like a Pokemon-ish RPG, but with Monster Hunter. And I, I got like an hour or so into this, and I think that's kind of what it delivers on. Um, I know you had some problems getting this thing to uh, oh my God. play properly. Yeah. So, so talk to me about that, because that makes me worry about the Switch in general. I mean, okay, so I was playing this handheld the entire time. Uh, did you play on the TV or handheld? Handheld, I played this. Okay, so I download the game. I'm doing other things. I let it download. Fine. I go to load it up, I get to the title screen, I hit new game, it immediately crashes. Okay, great start to a demo. You're really demoing this game well, guys. So They really talked to those uh, Final Fantasy Dark Souls guys about uh-huh. this one, huh? Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, just like in that game, in this game you have to kill chaos. Um, but we'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> so then I tried loading it up again. I get to the character select screen, you know, it does the Professor Oak, are you a boy or are you a girl? And Which seems outdated at this point. Yeah, so then I choose, the game freezes. Awesome. It's so soft lock. So I back out, turn it off, turn it back on again, get to that part again, it freezes again. <laughs> it took me four tries to actually get to play this game. Hmm. Once you were actually Damn. playing it, though, uh, what did you think of it? Because, I mean, my take in the limited time I spent with it is it is what seemed to be promised to me, which it's got those, like, grinding materials, sort of Monster Hunter-esque elements, and it's obviously got the monsters you would be familiar with having played the series, but it's that more Pokemon-ish RPG uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, it, but you know what, though? It's sort of a... I don't think it's very... Just from what I've seen the demo, because, again, I've never played the first one, it's almost a little inconsistent in tone. Because I feel like they try to create this serious problem, you know, what they present with, like, the Rathaloses and stuff like that. But then the monsters you collect are called Monsties, which I don't think that's a great name for that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're probably right. That was set in the president of the first one. And having not played the first one and just remembering the promotional materials, I always thought the selling point was kind of like, it's the storybook version of Monster Hunter. Like, it's almost like a... It's, centered like it's like a children's book in the world of monster hunter so it's like the the monsties like they're the cute little versions of the existing problem demons that live in our skies well they still call them monsters but then the second they befriend them the monsters turn into monsties like employees exactly also (laughs) um i don't know if this is just from the demo hopefully this is fixed in the final release i've noticed quite a bit of stuttering in not only the frame rate, but also the music. The music would just drop randomly and then pick back up. I noticed that as well, and that was my biggest concern because this game is a lot, and I've talked about it on this podcast. When I played uh, the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, that game stutters like a motherfucker, and it is a first-party game, and and stuff like that starts to concern me. Like when Sometimes I feel like a game might be too ambitious, and the Switch is starting to show its wear a few years down the line here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 I think is yes, probably my main takeaway because also the game looks good, not great. I think um the items you can pick up off the ground sort of blend into the backgrounds too much. Mm-hmm. Like there's not really much visibility on them. Like I would actually actively have to look for like the herbs and stuff and then also I know this has been a complaint for Switch games handheld a lot lately. The text is too freaking small. Yeah, that's that's I, I agree with you on that 100%. And it's crazy to see that stutter, actually, because um, Monster Hunter Rise, which I played a lot of, is 
one of the most beautiful games I've seen on the Switch recently, and it runs like a fucking dream and has basically no load times. Yeah, and I heard that game was buttery smooth. E even in handheld, it looks great, but it's also one of the few games that I truly think, when you put it in docked mode, the, the upscale is breathtaking. Like, it looks that much better. Yeah, I mean, as a demo, I get what they're going for. I think it's pretty fun. I think the <laughs> combat system works between, you know, the whole idea of technical strength speed like there's three different types of basic attacks and it's a fire emblem like weapon triangle almost yeah and you could like overcome enemy attacks by beating their version and you do that by i guess getting hit once and realizing at least in the demo the monsters only tend to use one type of attack and a lot of that can be relegated to if you're already familiar with those monsters uh from monster hunter you can suss a lot of that stuff out way easier uh, yeah yeah oh for sure like and i've played a little bit of monster hunter over the years i've always tried to get into it but i've always just bounced off i i was definitely world was where I, I first really got into that series but i also i put at least 60 hours into rise recently so i came in feeling like confident in picking that stuff apart oh yeah so no you're definitely in a much better place but i also like how they somehow integrate you know in the turn base i'm sure this was in the first game you know breaking specific parts to get specific items because there's a lot in monster hunter that you know is sort of you know people won't say the game is always intuitive but it works in an action setting but to make it turn-based you have to really abstract a lot of it it seems like they yeah. do a good job with that yeah for sure i i think for me this this seems troubled enough that i'm going to keep an eye on it but i'm not sure it's something i'm rushing out to pick up because i find myself thinking i would much rather just play more of monster hunter rise that they keep putting out new content for yeah, and my mm. backlog of turn-based RPGs, I have Bravely Default 2 sitting on my Switch, and I think I'd play that sooner than I'd play this. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, there you go. That's covered. All right. Operation Tango. You guys have been playing this, uh, both Rich and Josh. What is this game about? Yeah, we did a little stream of this uh, this past Saturday. We're going to finish it probably ne this coming week once this podcast is up. Um, so this is a two-player cooperative, I guess, sort of puzzle action game, um, where one person plays as a hacker and one person plays as a field operative. And what we played so far, I've been playing as the field operative and Josh is the hacker. And, uh, basically you're, you're solving puzzles. You only have access to your screen. The game even tells you at the top, you don't want to be able to see your partner's screen because it'll give away solutions to you. Basically, every, you're constantly dealing with different puzzles, and you, based on the information the other player is getting, you got to walk each other through it. It has heavy tendencies towards something like a no, keep talking and nobody explodes. Um, if for anyone who's familiar with that game, Josh and I both played a lot of that, especially a sequence we did on a train where Josh basically had to walk me through cooling the engine of a train that was about to crash. Um, mm hmm but it's wild. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Josh. I think it's hinky in some places, but we were having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah, it is very much along the same lines of, of something like Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Um, with the upside and downside being that it is constantly doing something new because you're given, you know, different situations in every new mission that you go on, um, which is really cool because you you kind of you're constantly getting surprised by new stuff but also you're constantly you know failing and then restarting you know a few seconds earlier because the you don't really lose an awful lot for failing something 
Um, because Thankfully, you're yeah. doing something new, and a lot of times the UI is a little wonky with how you interact with that new thing, and it's, you know, strict timing with some of these things you've got to accomplish. Um, I I think it's really, really good, especially if you are a fan of something like Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. This is This is not a... I always played that as like you can play it as a two player game, but I always played it more as like a party game. Yeah, I played it um, like four four people. Yeah, with a bunch usually. of people like leafing through the the uh, the manual trying to help you to defuse a bomb. Yeah, we um, would even split it up where it's like, okay, this person has this section of the manual. And yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas this is like a strictly two person experience. But- yeah, if you check out that VOD, it has a lot of that same energy of, especially, I think, skip to that train mission, where towards the end, it's a lot of me going like, I don't know, I don't know, it won't open, and Josh would be like, well, what are you looking at? What do you see? Mm-hmm. Because, um, yeah, it's 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 a matter of, like, um, it's a puzzle game, but you explain what the puzzle is to someone else. They One have player, the yeah. information that will allow you to solve that puzzle. Um, so it's, 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 it's a lot about communication, which I think is honestly something that more multiplayer games need, um, in order to just, just just to make them work better. I like, I like one of, one of, if not the best co-op game ever made is, um, um, Overcooked. Or yeah. Overcooked 2, which kind of fixed a lot of the problems in Overcooked 1. And the whole thing is about communication. Like, okay, you've got to divvy up all these different... Responsibilities. Responsibilities. And, chores, yeah. and everyone can see the same thing and can kind of make these decisions together. Um, whereas this, no one has the whole picture. So to get that whole picture, you're you're forced to communicate. One of the like easiest representations of that in like a one for one sense is there was a mission where Josh is logged into like a, a literal, like, you know, eighties movie cyberspace. Um, and he's making his way through a maze and I'm basically looking at the map of the maze and be like, well, no, you you don't, you want to, you want to make a left up here. Cause there's going to be a hazard, but then this platform's going to disappear. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it 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 is solid, but again, like wonky with a few of the like UI implementations. Um, but again, you're not really penalized an awful lot for this. It's not like you lose the whole mission or something. Generally, if you screw something up, you're set back 15 seconds and you retry yeah. it. Um, so even with those, it's like it, it can afford to be a little wonky. With, with you know, trying to... It's got to have UI for a million different things because it's, it's doing something new constantly. Uh, and sometimes that works better than others. But, again, like it, it works because you're not really penalized for missing something the first time. Um, it's also not terribly long, as far as I can tell. Uh, it's six missions. We, we did four of them. They keep getting considerably longer and harder as they go on. But there's also the element of uh, there being two totally different versions of each mission. Like, when we're done, we, we intend to swap roles and, and do another run of it. Um, yeah, yeah. We, but it's, it, I mean, we sat down and played about 80% of the game in that first stream of, like, I would say in the course of, like, four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was a lot, it was a lot of fun. It's, 
it's got a lot of neat ideas. It's we're playing it on PS5 because it was part of PS Plus last month, I want to say. Um, and it it's crossplay on everything, which is really cool. Like if you could play on PS5 and your friend could play on Steam, it has like a code system, uh, so you can cross platform from anywhere, which is a great feature to have in any game. Now it sounds like a really good it stream is. game. Yeah, the the um, only thing and. And especially probably why we want to do it again from the other perspective is right now, the way we're streaming it, people are only seeing what Josh is doing. Oh, yeah, because both of you have completely different experiences of what's going on. Um, It's it is it is it's neat to stream, but also like it's kind of hard to give somebody a full experience of. um, You know what all the game has to show because you're only getting only ever showing half of it. Uh, in a situation like that, but uh, yeah, I think like it it has some. It's not perfect, but it's good enough. And keep talking, and nobody explodes is such an amazingly good game that a game that's enough like that is is good enough that it's it's going to be something you kind of want to uh, to play with friends if you've got like a board gaming group or whatever that you know. Um, that's the sort of thing that you you are down yeah. for. It's cool. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's twenty bucks. Can't complain about that. Twenty dollars, endless fun. Rich and Josh say, "What more could you ask for?" All right, Phantom Abyss. This game is one of the ones that really intrigued me from E3. You guys had briefly mentioned it last week. I'm excited to hear more about it. Tell me more about it, guys. Uh, I put a lot more time into this. How did you put a ton more time into Phantom Abyss here, Josh? Uh, a couple hours. Yeah, same same here, really, but I think we touched on this briefly last week. It is a roguelike, um, first-person sort of dungeon-crawling game with sort of like an Indiana Jones, like Aztec ruins theme to it. Mm-hmm. And the main caveat here is anytime you enter this dungeon to do a run, um, one thing it tells you how many people have failed before, and you can see their phantoms running it. Um and it is procedurally generated because it is a roguelike. But the, the big hook is at the end of a run, which I think is split up on the first run, at least between like four segments of a ruin. Um, yeah. If you complete it and you get the treasure, that seed, that version is locked forever. You're the only person that will ever beat it. Um, and the other thing that I think we had a little mixed up last time, Josh, you were talking about that corpse run element. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly that. Uh, what I understand it to be now is when you die in a ruin and your phantom is running it, they they go, you know, your phantom is is cursed. They're locked in this this ruin, wherever, and all yeah. the treasure you had is with you. When somebody finally clears that seed, they release your phantom and you get all the treasure that you lost. Oh, in there. you get it. Like that's that was the thing again. Like it was it was turned off. It, but it doesn't um, have to be that you sent it to someone. It once someone anyone, somewhere in anyone, the world period. clears that okay. seed. Every phantom that is locked in there gets released, and all of those players get their treasure. Oh, that's cool. All right, yeah, because that was uh, the the sending it to your friend aspect, and like the you know the 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 seed code was disabled yeah. because of issues early on. Since it, this is still an early access, the, the game. purpose of that, I guess, is more so for you to be like, yeah, this one fucked me up, and I really want my treasure, so you could send it to your friend to give them a shot at it. Yeah. It also has a whip that I'm always hesitant to first-person whips, but this one feels real good, and you can grapple with it on pretty much any surface. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the speed and the sliding for like first person dungeon traversal all feel really good like sliding they nailed what you want in a game that is very evocative of indiana jones of like sliding under spinning blades and dart traps and stuff like that uh it's 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 got a really cool vibe to it and it's it's way early days right now but i think it's pretty promising how hard is this game though because i feel like seeds would be getting retired left and right um i think a slightly too easy if i have to give it anything but again i'm not super far into it um i haven't cleared one myself yet i can say Um, i've I've not cleared a full run i've come pretty close yeah um like early on or not not just early on but like um you can kind of spelunky like they've got like different biomes they're not exactly biomes but like essentially they're they're like hopping off points at different points where there's a staircase that goes up and there's a staircase that goes down mm-hmm. uh, and you can just points in the temple. yeah you can just leave and kind of like rich was saying on your first run um they'll be like okay it's it's time to leave now like you got the thing you're looking for like the uh after at, like just for story reasons slash uh, tutorial reasons they're like okay just leave now like this is this is where you're supposed to hop out um but i think it's meant to be more like a push your luck system because again like rich said if if you die your stuck is your stuff is stuck in that level until somebody until someone that. beats it um so you can leave if you're like low health or whatever um especially early on it feels like they're a little on the easy side because I think I only ever got into seeds that had one death in it. That for the yeah, for quite a while I was seeing it max. I was seeing like four to five people have mm. died. Because right when you start up, it gives you the title of the ruin you're going into, and then it says like five people have lost their lives here. Yeah, yeah, like especially. Well, I mean, I played it. I played a lot of it very early on, and that was probably the, a lot of that. But like day one, I was really only seeing two or three max yeah and I, was I was seeing a lot of you are the first person to enter this room yes i got a lot of them that was I, was I was the first person in or the second um yeah but again that that these are early you know like first bio. i don't know what they're called they're not biomes but essentially first but biome I think that gets it across yeah um parts of the seeds so they should be the easier ones and also you know tuning is going to happen have to happen at this point um it does. It has a lot of promise. I've gotten in some wonky seeds because, uh, like, for for this system to work, it's got to be procedurally generated, and some of them are like really neat. Like, okay, there's there's treasures here. I can kind of kind of see stuff where, I like, okay, I want to go over here, but it's you can tell it's more dangerous, so maybe I don't want to just risk wise. And then every now and then I'll get into a seed, and it's just like. I don't see treasures anywhere or yeah. they're in really awkward they're spots. They're so off a beaten path. Yeah. I've also, I've also seen a, a handful at this point of times where I'm like, I've seen this tunnel before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it seems to be like bits and pieces are built in chunks, like not yeah. just like... In, um, in, in an obvious way, but mm-hmm. I, that's unavoidable, I think. And uh, what I'm more interested to see actually is, um, I don't know how much of this is in the current build, but... The whip I was talking about, that's something you pick up off like a pedestal in the hub right before you go to a run. And there's like 10 other empty pedestals in the main room. So yeah. I'm wondering if the whip is just going to be one of a slew of different items you can it start is, a run with. Um, I, I, again, I don't know 
long term if they'll have anything other than whips, but I've unlocked several of those so far, okay. and they are whip variations. Um, that makes more sense because using the whip as a grappling hook is so vital to yeah. traversal. They're, they're all basically whips, but they'll have like perks. Like, okay, this one is like you can shoot it farther, but you take fall damage now, which uh, uh, kind of a la Mirror's Edge or whatever. There's a roll you can do, like if you're falling too far to stop yeah. you from taking damage, but you normally you don't take damage, period. Um, but this thing will make it so anytime where you can roll, if you don't roll, you're taking damage. Um, and so there are like a few other variations like that. Um, that slide feels real good, though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. And, Sliding and, and, down a staircase. And, and also, it seems like when I unlock those variations, it's unlocking the pedestal and not so much a particular variation. So like whenever I go to start, it might have a different thing on that pedestal each time. So I'll get like a different set of them. And by unlocking more and more of them, you'll have different options of which before each run. Yeah. Which style of gameplay you want okay. to go into stuff with. I don't know if it's going to be strictly that way or, or how it will end up, but it, it seems like it's more just giving you access to a wider slice of the random of options, options. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah, that game. I I really want to play it, but I don't think my computer could handle it at this time. So, but I'm glad I get to hear about it through you guys because it sounds yeah. really fun. Lego Builders Journey. Josh, tell us about this game. Um, Lego Builders Journey is a port of a an Apple Arcade game that came out. Two years ago, I think it was. I think it was twenty nineteen. Um, that is a puzzle game ish, uh, sort of um, isometric view where you are placing bricks to get your little. It's it's not a it's not a minifig. You've got like a little person, but created out of blocks themselves, which I think makes it even more abstracted than if it were like you know one of the licensed. Or not licensed, but you know, like the the minifigs themselves, like those just have baggage of their own at this point. So this is a little. So they're just assembled out of Lego bricks. Out of out of Lego bricks, like, and like and like. I think um. I guess low pixel count would be the way to put it. They're like you know like super tiny, like something, a la um. Sword and Sorcery EP, like ridiculously low pixel count type characters where like the, the, the main character you're playing as is four bricks for, for oh, most of the okay. game. Like re- so really, really small. abstract. Yeah, really, really abstracted. Like... Um, I, and um, anyway, I kind of, this is not even something I had on my radar, except that uh, like every time I've gone to update my graphics card drivers for the last few weeks, They've been, NVIDIA has been showing off, like, look at this game with ray tracing, and it, they just look like Legos. Like, it's, it is, hmm. like, because it is something so straightforward and easy to ray trace, it looks outstanding with that, because you just, you can, you can nail it. You can make it look exactly like it's supposed to look. 
Um, and it is just stunning. It is it is one of the most just striking art styles because of how simple it is. It is um, all right. Like it was it was designed to be on mobile, but also. I don't think this was like a hardware limitations consideration as much it was as it was just a let's make this very abstract and striking because um, it is it is gorgeous, especially if you are kind of someone who grew up playing with Lego bricks and just I heard you slap that 4K on this game and it it'll knock your fucking socks off. It'll it, look like you, you got Legos right in front of you. Yeah, it does. It really does. It is it is impressive in a lot of ways um like it's it is like not the most difficult puzzles it it they they vary from one area to the next because they kind of um like they've got it's a couple just different an excuse ideas to play with legos right yeah in a What's lot of ways it is um and like some of them are like okay just just get your character is... from one side from one side of the little isometric square to the other and some of them are like build a specific thing sort of deals uh and none of them are particularly taxing um but a few of them how, how a the few of them are really are. Cre- clever so like that that game was i played it on ios uh, mm-hmm. whenever it came out way back when apple arcade and it was very much built for touchscreen so i'm kind of curious how how did they do much of anything to make I... it translate well I played it on PC, so I can't speak to how it would play with a controller. Um, but it is still wonky. I mean, it even, works even with mouse and keyboard. With mouse and keyboard, it works well enough until okay. you want to play something on one particular, you know, pip. Um, like especially once you start, you know, accounting verticality into it occasionally can be like you know you're hovering in basically the same spot and it's like you know flickering between two different spots like okay you mean here 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 and you try trying to click at the exact right time just control wise it's a little wonky but it's like everything is so simple like most of these are 30 by 30 little lego isometric tiles that you're starting with none of them are particularly um demanding so even even with some of those little futzy control moments it's not something that's uh should get on your nerves too much sure cool cool so that sounds i mean that sounds good for like especially people who kind of have the desire to do creator games like minecraft or sims and if you're interested in lego well, but you don't uh, want to spend the no, it's, astronomical it's not really yeah, I but. wouldn't put it in that genre. It really is more of a puzzle style thing. It's more of a puzzle. Okay. Yeah, you're not really. There's not like. It kind of sounds like a combination between the two, though. Well, like the the gameplay itself is just placing bricks, but there's not really. You're not given there's like a, a huge sandbox to do anything in. In in the same so it's sense, it's more of like, like purpose driven. Yes, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Well, if you, if you want to play Minecraft, but be limited and you have a puzzle to solve, then there you go. This game mm. is for you. But that's cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. How much is that game? It is... Oh, uh, man. Let me look. It's very Ten? cheap, if I'm not it, mistaken. I, oh, I was thinking cheap. it was 15 or 20, but I'm not 100% on that. Stop sniffing the microphone, dog. Oh, that's... 
It's okay. It's, it's all oh, good. Oh, it's nineteen ninety nine. I thought. Okay, it was so twenty. Than that. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Sorry, my. Not bad. It is a uh, Fourth of July weekend here, so uh, everyone Your dog's in the county is shooting off fireworks, anxiety. and yeah, my dog is not a happy camper. So we've got a puppy in my lap here today, and uh, every now the and then well he wonders what I'm talking to, and just starts sniffing the microphone a lot. So apologies if I've got a bunch of random noises going on in this. Episode. I haven't heard them, but your mic will probably pick it up, and it'll be fun editing that. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. That's all good. Uh, there's nothing wrong with some dog sniffs. Everybody loves a puppy sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, mm, almost yeah. every. He used dog to not sound. be uh, afraid of fireworks, but in his old age, I guess he's just uh... ears are probably more sensitive. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's not a fan. Respect them. Not a fan. Yes. So after his time at Nam, <laughs> <laughs> happens to us all. Happens to the best of us, but mm-hmm. we're going to take our second and final break. Um, you know, top off fluids one more time, go to the bathroom, all that good jazz. Don't go anywhere. We still have a few more games to talk about and some social media stuff. We will be right back. X-ray, X-ray, read all about it. New match at store.sojump.com. Huh? You there, boy. What news? News, sir. New graphic designs over at store.sojump.com. New graphic designs at store.sojump.com. That's right, sir. My God. You can get all the designs you want on t-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases. They've done it. Those sword chomp boys have brought Christmas early. Oi, sir! This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now. God bless you, son. God bless us, everyone! Alright, we are back from our second break. We are going to just jump right back into the gaming talk. Waste no time here. We've been here for a long time. You guys have been listening to us for a long time, so let's get into it. Trails of Cold Steel 3, Ray. You said you'd been Uh, playing that this week, right? It's pretty much all, like, the Trails of Cold Steel series now is all I've been playing generally for, like, the last maybe couple of months. It's not even a new game. The fourth and final game in that series is done, and... Since then, in Japan, the next game in the series came out. So, I know, and Rich knows all about this stuff, too, because we kind of actually got into this stuff together. Um, The Trails games are this long-running meta-series covering PSP games, PS3 games, PS4 games. They're on computer now, by and large, on Steam. Um... It's this long-winded so, JRPG. So, so Trails of Cold Steel 3 is the 18th game. I, th- um, I think chronologically it's like the, the 8th or it's the 8th. Okay. It's the 8th? Okay. So it's the 8th. It's, su- it's suffering from the Kingdom Hearts syndrome, essentially. Well, no, not as many belts. Not as many belts, <laughs> and also these games actually come out. Like, oh, they don't, fair. They don't, wait, they don't wait 15 years. Fair point, fair point. 
Yeah, so the first series is called Trails in the Sky. Which I'm which... on the third one of those right now. I just, they're so dense, I, I rarely bring them up on the podcast. I'm on um, Trails in the Sky, the third. Yeah, those are long games. Those are all out here. Then there are two games that never came out here in the West that just got announced that they're coming out here by Falcom, uh, known as Trails from Zero and Trails to Azure. Now, Trails from Zero I have, and I have it translated because this great translation group called Geofront went ahead and translated it. So I bought a Japanese copy of the game, downloaded their launcher, installed the patch. It, it was all pain. But now, Geofront, the group, is partnering with Nipponichi America oh, to cool. bring the games over. It is cool, but the horrible thing is they have since then taken down their translations. Oh, okay. So now I can't download the Trails to Azure translation patch, so I could play Trails from Zero, but then I'm... Then I'm waiting until like 2023 when the game officially comes out here. Mm. And then after those two games, then you get into Trails Cold Steel 1, 2, 3, and 4. The fourth one came out on Steam, I think, this year. but uh, in, About two months ago, actually. Yeah, and then in Japan, though, they've already started the next series, which is called like Hajimari no Kiseki or something like that. And they announced that is coming here also, but that's like not until like 2023, I believe. Because these games are ridiculous to localize. Um, you know, Rich could attest to this. The scripts are insanely long. The, the scripts are insanely long. And as I said, right now I'm playing Trails in the Sky the Third, which as far as I can tell, about five hours in, is a game about a knight working for the Catholic Church battling his way through hell. So it's like half hmm. of Japanese RPGs hmm. out there. In the end, you will kill God. Yeah. Attack and dethrone God. And the, the thing that, yeah, the thing that's kind of crazy about these games, which Ray can attest to being so deep into Trails of Cold Steel, is characters from past games constantly keep returning. Like, your parties keep becoming a mishmash of, like, the main characters from the Trails in the Sky series, meeting up mm. with characters from Trails from Zero in Cold Steel, and that's kind of what is the driving force that made me be like, I should finish these games before I play some of the newer ones. I mean... Yeah, you you being such a fan of One Piece, Rich, that makes a lot of sense that you would probably be a fan of these games. Because yeah. I mean, that's all that's all One Piece is. Which characters are we gonna bring back? When are we gonna bring them back? How are we gonna bring them back? It, and it's it's that one feeling. Like I was talking to um, Ray th today about uh, Trails in the Sky the Third, and I was telling him, "Oh yeah, my party right now is you know the main character, this other new character, and Tita, who's a girl we both know as being in the past games." And he goes, "Oh, Tita's in my party in this game right now, and she's piloting a mech." And I'm like, "I just watched her build that mech in Trails mm. in the Sky the Third. <laughs> like, there's all this weird through line." <laughs> sort of a, a Treehouse of Horror situation. Yeah, yeah. This is it's. It's almost like the MCU of video games where they've created this whole world and come hell or high water, everything intersects with each other. So they're Warhammer Fair games. Enough. Yes. Yeah, but that's a great that's a great way of putting it. Sure. <laughs> with, but, but way more anime. Okay. And also and also you don't need a tape measure to play the original game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. No, th these games are very anime, they're very classic JRPG, and it's the sort of thing like I like. I was always into, like, I find grinding in JRPGs to be relaxing. Like, I'll sit down and be like, okay, I'm in this dungeon tonight. Let's just, you know, spend the next three hours, you know, killing slimes and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but yeah. and then the story is deep, but anime deep. So it just means there's a lot of it. There's a lot of moving parts that 
you don't want to look at for too long because then they start to split at the seams. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's fair. That's fun. Like, what's the con? Like, is there combat? Is that kind of what what happens? And what's that? Is it turn based? Because I'm it not is, too familiar with these games. It's turn based. It is completely turn based. It's uh, the games, especially the older ones, took place almost on a grid. Like you have like movement ranges. So like you tell your character to attack an enemy. If they're too far away, they'll just walk towards it, and then their turn will end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing in Cold it's, Steel. Is yeah. that kind of like? Is that kind of like uh, tactics games like Fire Emblem and whatnot, or is that more like? No, uh, it's he- heroes of might and magic. Is it that kind of? No, 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 no. It's the the grid is simply there just to give you like a visual representation of how far they'll move, but you're not like manipulating it on that like tactics level. Okay, okay, it's, gotcha. It's I would say, it's and there cl- are AOE attacks and stuff like that. Yeah, it's oh, okay. definitely it's definitely closer to a Final Fantasy than it is to a Fire Emblem. The okay. The other, the other thing I'll note in the Final Fantasy comparison is the magic system the series used is called the Orbment system. And to tell you in two seconds what orbments are, it's literally materia. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So one ripped off the other is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Or at the very least, you could say like it was heavily inspired by. Okay. No, it's even part of a larger meta series. The Legend of Heroes has been going on, I think, since the late 80s in Japan. Okay. So maybe there is some cross pollination or. More than yeah, likely, yeah. There, but that's cool. Yeah. So the, these kind of games are for like the hardcore JRPG and anime enthusiasts. Like they really like this kind of stuff. That's the fan base here. Yeah, like it's sort of um, if like the the and the graphics are never like top notch. It's sort of like uh, what you know Persona Four did. Persona Four came out at the end of the PS2 life cycle, so it looked good but not great. The PS3 was already out, but they just make the most of the, what they can with the system that they're on. What What's funny mm-hmm. is the Trails in the Sky series. I actually like the art form more, and it's more comparable to like a Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, and then it changed completely going into Cold Steel. Yeah, Cold Steel went full 3D, and took a more modern day aesthetic. Okay, but it's all it's all the same world and. Like, Trails of Cold Steel 3, chronologically, probably takes place only maybe four years after, you know, where Rich is at Trails in the Sky 3rd. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. I mean, like, I've always seen those games, have never really known much about them, but that's cool. But one thing that I'm taking away from this conversation, because I realize, like, Rich, you like you probably like to collect um, more niche games or games from other countries have a representative of japan here so if you ever want anything or you want me to go search for something i have a nice big retro store in the city i live i can go look and you just let me know man okay excellent yeah like for what i understand prices are going up 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 in japan because they realize the internet exists they just figured yeah, it out dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i sent a these picture to rich I sent a picture to rich uh last week or a week and a half ago of a uh, original fantasy star um in very good condition it was almost uh 85 dollars us dollars oh that's yeah i mean what is it i and i heard rich talking about it on last week's podcast i did the same thing where i have a japanese copy of chrono trigger and a retron 5 so i put a translation patch on it and it's like oh hey i paid 10 bucks for this japanese cartridge instead of 150 dollars for the u.s one yeah yeah exactly yeah and i i have a, a super famicom copy of mario uh super mario kart also that like i don't even put a translation patch oh, on so it do I. like yeah, i don't yeah don't i it. can just play it in japanese yep 
Yep, exactly. But Fantasy Star is not one that I think you would need like a a patch for. I mean, like there's some characters you talk to, there's some like supplementary inter- information you get, but you could probably fumble your way through it. It wouldn't I be ideal, so. but I think like the, could... the intro stuff would be a little bit difficult because that kind of sets everything up. But I think the pictures set that up very well. But anyways, well, that's well, not what we're here to talk about. Uh, I was going to say what I'll say of the original Fantasy Star is, uh, I think you'd be doing just as much fumbling in certain spots, even with the English language to aid you. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. That game is fucking tough. That is a tough game, but it's a really fun game. Um, last thing, I, I just very briefly want to mention it. Uh, I know that everyone's probably tired of hearing me talk about Biomutant. I finally sat down and I finished the game. Um, the ending was great. Uh, the way it kind of culminates after you beat the four uh, world enders, you have to go defeat the one, the one uh, enemy who killed uh, your mother and burned down your village and everything. And it was, uh, and that's a minor spoiler. You have to go fight him, I guess. I, I, it's not really a spoiler, but um, the, the ending fight was really fun. It was really good. The way they orchestrated it, it does very much depend on which faction that you joined and the, which one you stayed with. That's kind of, that plays very much into the ending, which was cool to see. It doesn't necessarily do it in a completely satisfying way. But it does impact your ending, which was kind of cool to see. And I think that's kind of what we've discussed is the MO of this game. Like, they give you the power of choice, but that choice doesn't, re- like, f- have that deep, profound impact that you're necessarily looking for in a AAA game. It's like a very B-tier level of yeah. interaction. So, um, it or was fun. It was fun to end the game It just doesn't right last now. for very long. Like, hmm. even the class you pick matters for the first... 10 levels think, at which point I I you can unlock we, anything from basically all the others yeah, well, yeah. When, I, when i first started talking about that game i think that was the main thing i put them like biomune is a game that wants you to think for about three hours that it is a class-based game and it is not right yeah, exactly there's, there's, there's a lot of choices that are kind of there for show yeah yeah absolutely though the class I chose and the way I'd planned to start that game is not the way I've been playing. I can tell you that right now. Like, <laughs> I plan on being the magic user, and I was just going to devote everything to that. And I turned into something completely different. And that's just the way it went. And it's not a bad thing yep. at all. I mean, Did you I've just enjoyed find it. That magic the wasn't thing viable, I'm doing right or... now is... Cl- magic just wasn't as fun to me. Like, because okay. you don't have a lot of stamina at the beginning of the game. And mm. you have to be really patient. And I'm not the most patient person when it comes to games. I, you or know, you I can want, just I'll... sit there and shoot stuff with your gun while you're waiting for all your magic well, to recharge. With that which auto is, reload, perk. which is well, that's what I was doing. I was like, I was using, using guns, and then I was finding all these these uh, cool uh, upgrades and these cool attachments. And so I started really getting into the gun fair, and that's pretty much what I do now. I yeah. I trounce people with guns because gun, the guns in that game are really fun, especially when you're hopping around and stuff and doing some of the more acrobatic things with the guns and you start getting into like the super whooshy style and whatnot. There's a lot of fun to be had in that combat when you start getting into the thick of it. But um, mm-hmm. no, the last thing I'm doing right now is I'm cleaning up a few of the remaining trophies. Uh, some of them are a pain in the fucking ass. Like there are a few collect it, collection trophies that you got to do, which... It's kind of a drag, to be honest with you. Um, it's one of one of the big marks I have on the game is like you have to collect all these different types of creatures. You have no indication of where they are. You just kind of have to um, 
come across them in the world. And I was frustrated because one of them is a creature called the Glitter Moth. And it looks almost identical to fireflies in the game. So I was picking up all these fireflies thinking they were glitter moths. And I'm like, where the fuck? Like, why hasn't this trophy popped yet? And then I, I looked it up and I was like, oh, so two creatures look almost identical and the game's trying to trick you. Cool. Ugh. That's cool. awesome. <laughs> Hooray. So, so um, part of that is on me, though. They do, the creatures themselves, like, they glow very similarly, but they look a little bit different. I should have been a little bit more diligent on that. But uh, some of the collect-a-thons are literally just me getting on my mount, running around in the world until I come across these creatures, and then I catch them, and I've been just doing that. So um, that's one of the things I got I have to do. And um, I, have to, I actually have to replay some of the game because I missed some of the uh, trophies that you have to do with the world enders. Like there's a specific thing you got to do with each one. And obviously if you, if you mm. kill that world ender and you haven't done it, you have to redo it. And I didn't think to check those trophies before I fought the world enders. That, that was on me. That was kind of a mistake on my part. If I knew I was going to trophy hunt, I should have looked into that ahead of time. So I'm not going to fault the game for that. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'm I still really enjoying it. I think I saw there's part. a new game plus you. I mean, if you finished it, you could tell me, but yes, Yes, so, there's a new game plus. Yeah, it should so be I'm something you should be able it. to get back to fairly quickly with that. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, I initially was going to go to like an older save, which I do have one. But then I realized, oh, the new game plus, it actually rushes you. They say that too, that it rushes you through yeah. some of the intro stuff and you have all your equipment and stuff. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to sit down tomorrow because I, I have nothing going on tomorrow other than um, some chores and stuff around the house. I'm probably going to sit down and wrap that game up relax a little man enjoy mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. yeah and then move on so uh that's pretty much all i'm gonna like that it really is the last i'm gonna talk about biomutant other than mentioning hey i 100 platinumed it and then i'll move on with my <laughs> life but um, it's go. been a fun game um i'm excited for some of the other game stuff that we're gonna be talking about right now which is the social media stuff so if if you've never participated or anything like that, or you have, as you know, every Monday at the Sword Shop Instagram, uh, in the Instagram stories, I put up some polls and whatnot for us to discuss for you, the listeners, the chompers to vote on. Um, I was one day late, actually, this week, and I'm kind of glad because we had a bigger turnout. So it might be that I change it to Tuesdays. We'll see. Um, I might experiment with that a little bit, but... As of right now, they're on Mondays, but yeah, we had a re- we had a lot of people vote, and so I'm really excited to discuss the results on some of these because they were there were some fun polls. I thought because I wrote them, and uh, I think so highly <laughs> of myself. But anyways, um, so That's the first ambient. one is kind of a sad one, so let's get it out of the way now. River, the good boy who played dog meat on Fallout Four, passed away a few days ago. As of writing this poll. Our hearts go out to the family, and we hope that he gets to chew all of the delicious bones and tennis balls in doggy heaven. There was a one doggy bone emote and then two doggy bone emotes um, to send River off to doggy heaven with. 94% of people sent off two doggy bones. 6% of people probably clicked too quickly and regretted it. Sent off or they're one monsters. Doggy bone. <laughs> I think they probably just made a mistake, Rich. Shouldn't resort to... Nah, why give that. anyone the benefit of the doubt? 
it is oh, the internet. I mean, it is heaven. You are a compassionate These person. bones could last forever. What would you need two for? Uh, I am incredibly greedy. Mm. Well, I mean, one to Rivers bury and be one there to for chew. Eternity. Might, might as well give them as many as possible. And then you can then you can bury the one you're chewing and go dig up the other and chew it. That sounds satisfying mm-hmm. as fuck. What else are you gonna do in heaven? Pump some legs? Um, that's disrespectful. Let's move on. The Halo TV <laughs> show has had <laughs> both of its original showrunners exit the show since the start of filming. Uh, due to various reasons, one left before the start of filming for season one. The other one has left after the finishing of season one due to some family uh, personal reasons and whatnot. I said, do you think that this spells doom for the yet-to-be-released show? Uh, 69% of people, nice, said yikes. And 31% of people said no worries yet. So, um, I don't know. Like To me, that's pretty worrisome. Granted, one of them left for very good reasons i believe they have a newborn newborn child um which is why they left but still both of the showrunners that were there at the start of everything have already left that's i don't know to me that's really concerning eh. what do you Wait, guys was think? this show first announced uh 2007 no i, don't <laughs> I assume i'm no, pretty sure I- it's two- 2019 Okay, because I might be conflating it with like when they were supposed to make a movie way back when. That was way long ago. I was going to say, I mean, it's not like they made a bunch of props and then had to use them in a different movie. It's, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, like... Yeah, I mean, you could... You could be right. I'm just saying that to, to people who are up there, I mean, that is kind of concerning that they're not like... It's not like directors, obviously, which is would be a, something much more to focus on but still i mean people leaving that quickly like two showrunners that's kind of it's still a little bit of a big deal i think losing showrunners is no for what i understand for tv shows showrunners are more important than directors you know directors on tv shows get recycled left and right showrunners are making the ones who are making like the production bible for this shit like that is yeah that's that's problematic yeah that's I mean, you see like, all, this whole I mean, slate of successful video game shows now, though. But but also, like, I have to imagine their hands are fairly tied as far as, like, what they can do with... Oh, I'm sure there's like, a, a, huge, a huge list of subjects and settings and things they're not allowed to touch. Yeah. They have to make sure are included. To, to the point where, like, what what is their job, even? Um, it's to, to parse through... A yeah. bunch of already established lore and work with the toys they're allowed to work with, and I'm sure that's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, um, like I'm honestly, sure. I think the thing was doomed by being Halo. There's, there's no storyline in Halo. I mean, I know they write you gotta books. Read the books. I know they write books about it, but like, I mean, I also have toilet paper. Like, I don't attempt to read it. That, well, that's kind of the thing, Josh. Like, uh, Ray was talking about, like, you know, there have been successful video game shows recently. Yeah. I think one of the best examples is Castlevania, and I think the reason that works so well is because Castlevania doesn't have that much story. It has, like, some very loose lore and mm-hmm. some figures that are like, okay, we want to see this person, and, like, they can take the very simple concepts the games present and expand upon them, and they were free to expand upon them in big ways. Yeah, yeah, like no they lock out like paying attention. Yeah, they they, they yeah. lock out twenty year tr- chunks of time. Like, okay, uh, this was happening around then. Do whatever else with it. 
At one point, Trevor will fight Dracula. Do you think you can make that happen in three seasons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I'm also reading because I I just read a little bit more while you guys were discussing. Apparently, the the director that they originally brought on to do it has also left um, due to scheduling conflicts as well. That was back in 2019, though. So, like, this thing, is, as you guys know, has kind of been in development hell for a while and has gone through a lot of stuff. To be honest with you, like, I know they're doing this. They're doing the Last of Us TV show. I mean, I, I want to see these things succeed, in theory, just because I think it's good for gaming. I mean, it's it's cool. Like, we, we were talking a few weeks ago about um, a poll about the Sonic one crossing over with Two Point Hospital, like those little crossovers that are silly and fun and everything. Now, this is obviously on a much larger level, um, but it's it's cool when these kind of things exist on and they can exist comfortably on a big screen. Obviously, we haven't seen a lot of good video game movies, objectively, um, but when they're good, they're fun. Like the Sonic movie, I wouldn't necessarily say it was good, but it was incredibly entertaining, and I had a lot of fun, and I had really a lot of fun discussing it with you guys. The and bar is incredibly low I, I, for video game movies, and Sonic managed to be inoffensive. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, like, I, in theory, I want to see this succeed. Um, the lead actor, I believe his name is Pablo Schre- Schreiber. Uh, he's the half-brother of Liev Schreiber. Uh, he, was, he was in Orange is the Dr. New Black. Halo? He's going to be uh, Master Chief, and I enjoyed him in John Orange Halo. is the New Black. So, you know, like, it, it's... It has potential. I just, I hope that, you know, it works out. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to see a a resurgence of Halo because honestly, I, you know, as much shit as we've given Halo recently, those first few games, they, they were, they ushered us into a new generation of gaming. So I just hope that they can capture something there and they aren't just wasting time, but we'll see. I like ODST. Yeah, that's the only only game with any. Well, Reach had a decent enough story as well, but I like yeah. Reach. Reach, like Reach ODST like and Reach are the only ones that have passable stories. Like the rest of them, like aren't even. And the original trilogy they is don't just even like, hit the bar yeah, of the like stories, this is a story. The story's incredibly loose, but the games are undeniably fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care for four or five. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, me neither. But like one, two, and three are awesome, and. They may be a simplistic story in retrospect, um, but I still think that they were fun games, and I hope that they're yeah they they make something fun and interesting. Really I'd fun, I'd sure. love for it to be a cool sci-fi TV show. I only have one uh, concern, which is that whoever the the writers are, they need to do the the giving the covenant back their bomb scene because it's so stupid. <laughs> they gotta, Chief. What are you doing? <laughs> do it, but. All right, so next um, poll. Gaming addiction has been a discussion that has been looked at differently recently. Support groups are popping up, and medical professionals are starting to take it a little bit more seriously. Um, And this is according to me, who has been reading some articles and whatnot on it recently, and actually discovered that there is a subreddit for former WoW players who were addicted and no longer addicted, and they try and support each other. Um, But... Yeah, watch out, guys. I've I've been reading. Who taught Shay how to read? Mm. Bitch, I'm one of the only people here who has a fucking degree. Mm. Actually, through yeah, that doesn't mean shit. I but think I, I think we all do. 
I have a couple lying around in a filing cabinet somewhere. Good. Wipe your ass with them, Ray. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. Excellent dinner mats. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) So hostile. I thought it was funny. I thought Ray would laugh with me, but he didn't. I'm sorry. It's so hard for me. It's so hard for me to attack someone recently. Uh, Hey, hey, I've been getting attacked all podcasts. I needed to dish it out to somebody. I dished it out to you enough. Have you you or have you self-imposed these attacks via lag? You, you, yeah, it's via lag. lag, Before we even started, you tricked me. It's never me. Your lag's been better for the back half of the show, for the record. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Definitely, yeah. Good, okay. So I said, this is a good development, right? 73% of people said absolutely, and 27% of people said not really? Which I'm kind of curious about. Like, obviously, I'm never going to question people I don't really know on this topic, but I I absolutely think it is a good thing. Um, I know that recently there are a lot of conflicting opinions on addiction in general, not just obviously video gaming, like alcohol or drug addiction. And I know people have very polarizing views on this. Um, We don't have to get into that too much, but I, I don't know. I think that it being taken, addiction in general being taken more seriously, whether or not the term video games is attached to that is really, really important. Um, obviously, uh, addiction is such a difficult thing to ascertain exactly what that means and how it affects everybody. So as we are, as a society, at least in Western culture, are pushing towards looking at things like mental illness and mental diseases and whatnot as something more seriously, mental health in general, that I'm glad that this is kind of coming along for the ride, so to speak. So I'm I'm really happy to see that more people are kind of talking about this. Well, um, I actually think it's pretty important, especially with the way some video games are nowadays, with especially like gotcha elements. That they're where, literal yeah. casinos, yeah. Yeah, so the fact that addiction's being, you know, bandied about in a more serious way, especially as you see like mm-hmm. these online casino elements coming into it, you know, people getting addicted to things like Ultimate Team or just, you know, another, you know, pull of the Fire Emblem mobile game. Yeah, you know. like the, 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 the uh, uh, there, there are kind of two aspects there. There are the, the, in a lot of situations you can get addicted to literally anything, regardless of what it is, because of other situations that are just, you know, feeding into that. And that's, that's more of a, an issue that, you know, it's like, it needs to be addressed with therapy to, you know, address the actual cause. And and then like, like you're saying, there's a, there's an awful lot in gaming right now, especially in the just disgusting, disgusting corporate side of it, where the point is to try to feed on those impulses as much as possible and just milk people for all they're worth it's that Um, dopamine hit yeah and i I, i'm just getting really tired uh, of companies physically trying to milk people i mean that's what we have cows for Mm. that's what i thought that whole switch game was for at launch to like satiate that need that's also a chat roulette. It didn't work. Still probably doing somewhere. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I actually always have chat roulette open on the other monitor while we're doing this. I'm watching some guy jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> See, if I made that joke, no one would fucking laugh. God damn! What the hell? Well, I just know he's not lying. 
Oh, yeah, okay, he, that's fair. he's that's been fair. to my place. It's always open. <laughs> he's watched chat roulette with you. <laughs> There's just a big monitor he's on the side of the room. Grilling at a family just, barbecue, uh, and he's just got roulette. a tablet up <laughs> yeah. right next to the grill. And there's some guy just oh, just jacking selfie. it, just just the crew <laughs> circle jerking and watching chat roulette. Mm-hmm. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Grandma comes up, asks for a hot dog, and stares a little bit longer than you expect. Kids aren't allowed at Rich's barbecues anymore. <laughs> like legally. Rich, why are you jerking off my hot dog? Was that, was that a kid or was that a grandma? <laughs> yes. Go inside. Go inside. Don't look at me. Don't look me in the eye. <laughs> let's move on before we take this any any further than it. No, let's need talk to about this for the next hour. <laughs> Actually, you know, let's film a separate podcast about this this hypothetical situation. Patron only. <laughs> That's right. Join uh, the true fans. or false? <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Right? <laughs> true or false? I feel a sense of accomplishment when I complete and one hundred percent a video game. 86% of people said, I am a legend. And 14% of people said, I'm not a nerd. Hmm. 14% liars. Yeah, they're out there answering polls on Instagram about video games. Yeah. <laughs> and they claim yeah. to not be nerds. I kind of answered it for them by re- replying at all. Um, it, re- it depends on the game. Like, there are a few yeah, games that I'm like, I'm doing absolutely everything I can in here because I need. I need more time in this world. And there are some where I finish them and like, I, I could be an extra five minutes away from platinuming it. I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not giving. I'm done more. here. Yeah. I'm no, no, no more. No, no fucking more. This, this game gets nothing else from me. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, yeah, it really is dependent some... on the game. Oh God. Yes, yes. I, I will definitely say as the person here who does far too much collecting in video games, more than they should, um, spent some questionable amounts of time trying to platinum or 100% a video game, whatever the term you want to use there, and then I, I'm like, man, why did I do that? And I'm sure Biomutant <laughs> will probably be one of those things. Like, I've really enjoyed the world a lot, but doing these collect-a-thons and stuff like that, um, in games that aren't, like, fucking must-plays for me, I, it makes me wonder why I do that kind of shit. Like, I, w- I, I wish I would have actually spent more time doing it in Resident Evil Village because I enjoyed that game far more than Biomutant, um, yet mm. I'm doing it in Biomutant. So I think I'll eventually then, like, get around to that one, but that, that's like one of those games that I'll probably pick up again in a year, do another playthrough of it, and be like, yeah, okay, now it's, now it's that, time to get everything, to finish same, the, everything. Same here. That, that's kind of what I'm doing with Final Fantasy VII Remake now, where I took the time, I waited for that PS5 upgrade, and I'm like, now I'm going to do that hard run, and I'm going to finish get the Platinum, and yeah. I will definitely eventually do that with uh, Village, because it's just, uh, like I said, we talked for hours at this point about that game across yeah. this and the other podcast. Like, it is, yeah. it, is, it is that game for me. It is the second coming of Resident Evil 4 for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, guilty no, of that absolutely. for modern Assassin's Creed games. Mm. Oh... I mean, Odyssey, Odyssey, Valhalla, Odyssey is one that I think just like nails, nails that. Oh god, dude. Yeah, no, I don't. The, again, it's like how I like grinding in JRPGs. There's so, like yep. those checklists. There's something just very comforting being like just plucking stuff off a map. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt that with Biomutant very much, but man, like we got codes for Valhalla. 
it's not a bad game. It's just so fucking run-of-the-mill boilerplate. That game. Yeah, it's definitely like, the worst out I of those nev- modern ones. Yeah. I never once felt like, fuck, I can't wait to see what happens next. Or, fuck, I can't wait to see what I do next. I was just like, okay. 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 I, I okay. honestly don't expect anything out of Assassin's Creed ever again after Odyssey, because I, f- I feel like that game is literally everything wrong with the game's industry, and also the best at all that open-world garbage at the same time. It's an interesting yeah. way of putting it, and you're yeah. probably correct. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's it's magically just like, it, it's, 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 it is like just the platonic idea of that just junk food gaming. Uh, well, isn't well, it the worst? Because you can identify it as gross, but at the same time, while I was playing it, I was just like, thank you, sir, may I have another? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, yeah. Also, I love how you described the game set in ancient Greece as the platonic ideal. Hey, yeah, you got to. <laughs> there was on a, the flip, like on the flip side of there this, was a culture of masters and apprentices. <laughs> on the flip side of this question, though, I, I mean, there are definitely games that I take a lot of pride in having finished and completed. I'm sure people here who have been listening for a while can attest to the fact that I've never shut the fuck up about beating and 100%ing Super Meat Boy or Cuphead. Like. those two that like the reason why i talk about that so much is because i mean those are two of the high points of my gaming my gaming hobby like i'm really proud of those just because i'm not a patient man i'm not i'm not the best at video games so the fact that i even sat and did those like i'm super proud of those you know um and i think that other people should be proud of it too like if you have a hobby you don't need to be the best at your hobby or the professional a professional at it i mean if you enjoy it and you have some milestones in that hobby why not take pride in that like it doesn't matter if it's something nerdy or not like um it can be anything it could be dunking a basketball it can be making your tomatoes grow for the first time having them emerge and grow for the first time in your garden it could be anything so i don't know i think it's cool but obviously that's taking it more serious than it needs to be well, I mean, people like achievements. I mean, hell, you can even go back on old retro consoles. There are retro achievements now. You can go play Mario 3 and earn achievements in it. People have added that. That's so cool. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. I like that stuff. That do- so. it's, it's another example of that dopamine hit. Like, <laughs> it is. It really is. You hear the little the chime, the bong, when you get like the trophy, you're like, yes. I, I want good. to... I want to get far enough into technology, I'm sure it's not that hard, where you can edit your own sounds for that chime. That way, whenever I get an achievement, I have uh, Cisco singing back to me, thong, 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 and then we just move on with it. What I I want is actually very specific. Um, There's an audio clip that is I mean, mine wasn't? No, this is weirder than that, because I think, like, that's, this is going to be recognizable to, like, five people. Um, there's a bit from a season two episode of Unbreakable Kitty Sh- Kimmy Schmidt where a Teddy Ruxpin screams, "Hey, white lady!" <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. That that is more obscure. Fair point. Okay, Pokemon Go has officially declared July first Bidoof Day, and forty one percent of people said adorable. I'm in. Fifty nine percent of people, and rightfully so, said um. Why? Hmm. Swordshot Twitter was like way into Bidoof Day. I don't know why. Hey, I'm just more than thankful that Pokemon Go declared the pandemic over. 
Yeah, it's about time they let us know. Uh, Did I tell you guys I'm playing Pokemon Go again? <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, I'm way into it again. Oh, I thought I thought you were making a joke. No. <laughs> no, I know I know I've I've been on this podcast long enough with Rich now to know when he's joking. I knew that one wasn't a joke. It was the tone of voice. Well, I mean, that company that company's coming for me though, Niantic. They're making a Transformers AR game. Oh shit. Yeah, that's just straight into my veins. Well, let me let me tell you this. The reason I got back into it is because my friend my friend Vinny was like, "Hey, you should play Pokemon Go again," because I'm doing it, and I was like, "All right, maybe." And then I got back into it, and it, it kind of is the thing I wanted it to be, you know, in that that fateful summer all those years ago, like where there's like battling and trading. Now there's a lot more going on with it, and I play it very passively, but I do play it. That's dope. I'm I'm glad that it's still. Uh, getting support from Niantic, and rightfully so. I'm sure it still makes a ton of money. I know people here in Japan still play it um, a lot, so I'm glad that people are still enjoying it and it's getting enough support. I see people on my Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter still talking about the game, so that's cool. Though the past week sucked. There have been nothing but bidus. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is getting some new costumes, and among them is the Dragonborn from Skyrim. Do you get excited for the costumes as well, or just the new characters? Uh, 41% of people enjoyed my pun and said, Fusro, yeah! And then, um, <laughs> 59% of people said, gonna be a no from me. So, I don't know, I don't really get into the costumes, but, uh, that's cool. The only that other one that matters do, is featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. Yeah, that's the important part of the most recent one. Is it finally has earned that Shin Megami Tensei sticker? Yeah, that <sighs> it's it's hard to get excited for the the me cosmetics at this point, just because there's so many of them and they're they're all on the me fighters. Like it would be fun if it was something like even stupider, like like. Team Fortress 2 level, like, just put a hat on anybody. On anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Just just anyone, if they'd let you customize that well, amount. Nintendo's what they way too precious with their property. For yeah. That. What they should do is what Ray had hinted at earlier is they, the, that shouldn't be a Smash thing. That should be any me across any game on the Switch. Yes. I should be playing Mario Golf as Dante right now. Yeah, if you... Yeah. Like, if you could unlock those Smash costumes and they'd be just permanent additions to your me cosmetics on the system that would be amazing oh if they moved to the system level that would actually be really good yeah but they'll never do that well they did xbox did that way back when with their avatars, yeah with their that? avatars yeah mm -hmm. like you play kingdom for keeflings wearing like a world of warcraft t-shirt and yeah. they they got really cool integrating that stuff because they made a lot of those cosmetic items tied to achievements in certain games like i remember yeah. i had the the big daddy outfit for mine from like getting the unlocking every achievement bioshock 2 or whatever it was no but I miss it's that, I miss that stuff mm -hmm. it's kind of like what ian malcolm said in jurassic park the dragonborn will always find a way capitalism finds a way yes always finds a way into these games yes it does all right and the last poll we have to discuss Jeff today in there. has nothing to do with gaming movie theaters are opening back up in the u.s some of our patrons could not be more excited. Are you excited to go back and see a movie on the big screen? And again, this was the poll that got the most DMs 
uh, multiple people telling me I've been mm-hmm. going to movies for months now, and I was like, okay. Um, but sixty percent of people, metal. yeah, so that's sixty percent nice. of people told me can't wait to watch porn, yeah. and forty percent of people said not yet. So, um, it's interesting. Um, I, yeah, actually, a few of the theaters that have opened up because nobody wants to go back yet have been nice because no one wants to go back yet. So, like, you go in there and it's like you and three other people, um. Like that's it's just, I mean, of of eventually, eventually in in thirteen years, once we finally knock out this coronavirus thing, uh, I'd like to go back into a crowded theater, you know, and and be able to watch like one of the big exciting movies that everyone you know stands up and cheers for. Again, so a Marvel movie. Well, you know, like it. But we live in an era now where we all have like 55 inch TVs, decent sound bars are cheap. Yeah. And also, no one kicks you out of your living room for having too much ketamine in the theater. That's yeah, true. Exactly. <laughs> like, dude, oh, I, ketamine. I, I, what I, a fucking drug. I, I, I almost I never go to movies, period, anymore, just regardless of this thing. Like, I maybe go to a movie or two even before this, unless it's like a very specific thing that I'm going for, but like, yeah, I will embrace the, I can do it from home thing as long as I can, because like really saying it's a more comfortable experience and I'm even eager to, you know, in a week or whatever it is, pay that $30 to watch black widow because I've just turned it into all my friends that want to see that movie. I'm like, all right, come over. I'll buy it. Everybody just give me $5. Yeah. 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 Splitting pay-per-views for exactly. Like I've done way more like, like split a rental sort of a thing. So it's like a more personal theater experience or, or even like the watch party thing. Like we've done a few of those over the pandemic, rich. Oh, when we'll we got like, really drunk watching mortal Kombat. Yeah. So much yeah, so that I like, have to rewatch kinda, it. Cause I barely right, remember. All it. right. Three, two, one, start the movie sort of a thing. And then, um, I don't know. I like, I, we, we've kind of been forced to get creative in the last year and some of it has turned out really well. Yeah, well, so it's been it's, entertaining. Turns out the technology is there for it. Like, yeah. you know, I know, like, you know, obviously the coronavirus has been horrible all around, but like, luckily, just for everyone who had to stay home, like, luckily this didn't happen 15 years ago where the technology was not there yeah. to like be able to weather this. Like, I think back to like testimonials from like the Spanish flu in 1918. It's like, oh, we're just staying in our house and not seeing anyone ever again. And yeah. we don't have yeah. any way to pass that time. We had, yeah, we, we had the tech to keep in touch to, for most people to be able to do their jobs from home and to be able to communicate on like a pretty solid level. Yeah, like, I know. Dude. I, yeah. That's even like, 20 years ago. I can't imagine what it would have been like. Yeah. Like I grew up without TV, like just period. Like I, I didn't have a TV in the house until I thought you meant you were like a time traveler. And I know, but I mean, like, I know that seriously, like my parents were not gonna pay for cable or anything so like i I don't know like around the time we were six i was six we got a tv and it had three stations that were within you know range for the antenna to pick up Mm -hmm. yeah it's like being stuck with that during this sort of situation would have been ridiculous we we would have read all of our books during the first two months and then and you would have written the Just great American novel after at the that. age of seven. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, you know, I have a different take than you guys. I think that watching movies at home is really great and it's fun, but there are times where I want to feel the buzz and excitement with people who are like-minded about a certain movie or a certain, um, uh, not trilogy, but a certain series, um, of movies like Marvel, Mm -hmm. obviously that's such a long spanning series of movies, but I, I can tell you right now, one of my favorite movie oh, yeah. experiences was when I went and saw the three Lord of the Rings movies back to back to back and as the extended editions, because mm. obviously the average person isn't going to go and watch that. So there were like 10 to 15 people in the movie theater during the whole thing. And we all like sat far enough apart from each other <laughs> so we could have our own space. But we're all there for the exact same reason, because we fucking love yeah. these movies so much. And to me, like that is kind of like the best ultimate experience right there when you're going into a movie theater and you know it's kind of something that's a little bit more niche and you just have some like-minded people there yeah like um or even if it's not niche like you mentioned like you were saying trilogies but not like not even that but like um even just like i don't do movie premieres because that's just a waste of literally everyone's time for basically everything except when it is something like a, um, you know, continuation of a series, um, like I did premieres for all the Lord of the Rings films, uh, all the Matrix films, and it's just such a cool experience to go there with people who are excited. Hyped up for it, yeah. Excited to be there for this particular thing and kind of kind of yeah. know what it's going to be going in so you're not really... It's, it's, it's really cool. It's, it it well, is a special experience. That that's like thinking back of recent memory. Like one of my favorite theater experiences was Avengers Endgame because literally, like I can't remember the last time I've been in a theater with people literally like screaming and applauding <laughs> and standing up and yeah. cheering. Mm-hmm. No, uh, there, it, there's you do get an experience sometimes. Like I'll never forget seeing snakes on a plane in the movie theater. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone, every, no one was taking that seriously. People were yelling at the screen. It was great, and that was like a rare experience. Yeah, because like yeah. normally someone yells, you you're like shut the hell up. But the, in this case, it was everyone like, oh. was. In, it was like you were all doing your own mystery science theater bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, there are a few magical cool things it. like that. Like I, I have really fond memories of going back when when they re released the original Star Wars trilogy before the the you know one two and before three they came tarnished out. it. Back yeah, in the 90s, before those. Yeah. Like they're like okay, like let's let's re release these in theaters. And that's just such a cool thing because there's just so there's so much history. Everyone knows the movies. Nobody's nobody's going to the theater to see Star Wars. But seeing it in a theater twenty is years novel. after the fact, yeah. Who who, ha- who doesn't know what it is? Maybe let's check out this Star Wars. See what the the buzz is all about. Yeah. Well, really, as it turned out, the buzz was all the explosions turning into concentric circles. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> Precisely. But no, yeah, I love those experiences. Uh, watching Bruno in the movie theaters was one of the best experiences I've ever had just because everybody was fucking in the aisles laughing. Uh, I'll never forget the mm. cock helicopter scene. I will never forget <laughs> that just because the whole movie theater was just laughing yeah. at that scene. It was amazing. Like none of us. Oh God. Yeah. I'll never forget that. But yeah, I like, I think there's a time and a place. Like if, if the movie theaters aren't packed, then yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean like that's not a thing in Japan unfortunately is uh movies are always packed even during this pandemic like even though the Mm. majority of us haven't been vaccinated yet people are still packing shit out so um 
Yeah, I, I've been kind of scared to go. I've, tonight there's a showing of uh, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, it's finally made its way over here. But I, I want to go see it because I feel like that'd be a fun. Doesn't that seem wrong? See in the theaters, but that it took a while for Godzilla to get there. For Godzilla to get to Japan. After I, I, well, yeah. you got to think about the history there, Josh. Come on. Well, that's what I am. That's that's why it's so. Huh. Well, they got they got the better Godzilla movies first, so it's fine. okay. I guess I guess I guess that's fair. Matthew Broderick is a national treasure. God damn it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the problem <laughs> with the film. No, he really wasn't. How many wasn't. fucking national treasures do we need, guys? <laughs> At least once more, according to Nick Cage's contract. <laughs> I mean, according to his fucking wallet, he needs it, but... He owes um, the government a lot of money. <laughs> he yes, stole the Declaration yes. of Independence, and they're, they're none too happy about it. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, that's gonna wrap it up, pretty much. I mean, th- those are all the polls, that's all the games, that was the topic, that was the Ray. Um, that, was, that was pretty much everything, guys. So, um... Woo! I want to go go into our quick spiel really quick. Um, if if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed what we did here, head over to swordchomp.com where you can check out our Patreon, which is one of the best ways to support us. Uh, you pay a monthly fee, and in return, you get some sweet um, access to various things such as uh, Patreon early podcasts. You get access to a secret VIP. You get access to a secret Discord. You get access to lots of different things. Um, and it really actually helps us out tr- tremendously because of the fact that we are completely and 100% listener funded. Uh, I don't know if that's a draw for you, but uh, it helps us out a ton. All the money that we make goes right back into the show, helps us make it better, helps us make other things around the show and just in the uh, Sword Chomp brand and name. So um, if you're interested in all that, that is one of the best way to support us. Also, you can head, head over to, I cannot talk right now. I'm slurring like I'm drunk. I'm not. Um, you can head over to store.swordchomp.com where you can check out all of our merch, all of our stuff. We have a bunch up there. And if you end up buying anything, please send us a picture. Um, we want to feature it on the social media and on the site and whatnot. Um, I recently just picked up uh, one of our Chomping After Dark tank tops, which I'm actually wearing right now, and it's super fucking comfy. And I got a uh, our original Sword Chomp logo on a sweater, both super comfy. I can vouch for them. Um, great fits and everything. And I've already bought one other shirt of ours, and they last through multiple washes. Super comfortable. Um, so check them out. Um, anything else that I'm forgetting? Oh, you can follow us um, at Swordchomp on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also find uh, the three of us. Ray, I don't know where you're at. I'll let you kind of do a little spiel here at the end um, so people can know how to find you and whatnot. But you can find the three of us on Twitter. You can find Rich and me on Instagram. And you can find Josh at RedTube. Um, awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Switch to Pornhub Tower. Uh, if, you're inter- if you're interested in uh, joining our Discord, um, let us know. Send us a private message or a DM on um, any of the social medias. We will get you the link. There's an awesome group of people there. Um, we do a lot of things like we have monthly music playlists. We have people gaming with each other. Um, we talk about recipes of stuff we're making, all sorts of stuff. So you can uh, join our community that is over there on the discord and talk about all sorts of things video games and otherwise 
Um, I'm trying to think of it. Oh, yes. Editorial section. Rich is writing editorials. He's been doing that for a while. I've contributed a little bit. And we're going to be having another uh, stellar gentleman by the name of Ray, who you've just been uh, listening to for the past few hours. Uh, going to be writing some editorial stuff on there. It's going to be growing. So if you want to check that out, head over there. Uh, it's swordchomp.com slash reviews. Um, I'm sure that's probably going to be changing here shortly, but there's that. We also have other podcasts. Um, we have Chomping After Dark, where we do spoiler stuff. Um, really, really fun. We just did Resident Evil Village. That was our most recent episode. And we have Evoking the Sublime, where I interview developers about the creation and history of their games. Uh, it's been dormant for a little while. Um, I haven't been as able to focus as much on that, but um, I'm hoping that here later this year i'm probably gonna get some new episodes up fingers crossed on that and that is pretty much gonna do it i don't think i'm forgetting anything nope i'm not and if i am then i guess it's not that important i want to say thank you it was just lag yeah yeah fucking lag uh ray i want to thank you so much for being here um it's nice to actually get to meet you rich has told us next to nothing about you until today um (laughs) good friend he is What's that to know? He's a white guy. <laughs> oh, exactly what the podcasting world needs. Another yeah, white another, we need another white guy. <laughs> we only had three. Right. But <laughs> it's, the, what the internet needs as a whole is more opinions from white guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's I mean, one there's not lacking. enough of those. There, there are certainly not enough of those. But no, Ray, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, like check out some of the stuff you've written and whatnot, or just talk to you, um, if you're comfortable divulging that information where could people find you what's your address information uh yeah you could find me on twitter at ray knows nothing and also i have my own personal blog that i haven't written a lot on but it's a ray knows nothing.com and god i want to start streaming on twitch i probably i'm going to start by streaming um replays of the old trails of cold steel games because you get like a lot of new game plus perks and if you want to find me on twitch my name on there is ray's gaming corner so yeah those are places you can find me okay there you go all the information you need to check out ray again seriously thank you for being here man and um i'm excited thank you for having me yeah no problem i'm excited to see what you end up writing for the site and uh some of the stuff that you do there um <laughs> that's right josh josh typing stuff privately as he does uh-huh. well i was just anyway yeah yeah <laughs> we've gone on long we've gone on long we've gone on Let's long we gotta end the show we gotta end the show uh rich thank you so much for being here as the editor from new york new york Josh, thank you for being here from Michigan. Um, that's not going to be something I'm going to be saying here for much longer. So, yeah. I guess I got to relish it or something. Yeah, but you could just lie for a while. Yeah, Josh patching <laughs> in from the moon. Ooh, and, that's, uh, that one's fun. I'm Ooh. Shay. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, uh, I'm Shay patching in from Japan. I want to say thank you to listening to the show. Thank you so much. And if you all those other ways to support us sound overwhelming, the best thing you can do. And this is the thought I want to leave you with is just let somebody know who'd be interested in listening to three white guys talk about gaming. <laughs> but seriously, though, sometimes um, passing... four. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Sometimes four. But no, seriously, passing along to someone who you think would be interested is the best way to support us. And seriously, from the bottom of our yeah. hearts, we appreciate each and every one of you.
So thank you so much. Um, we will be back next week with another episode. Um, I'm, I can't remember what the topic is. I'll have to look in the, in our special Trello, but, um, it's going to be a great one. I can guarantee it. You'll thank find you so out much. when we do. Yeah, exactly. Thank yeah. you so much and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Happy gaming. Take care.